Welcome to the Mostly Pot Out of Night. Mostly. I am Graveyard, joined by my co-host, Salem. Hello. This is our new season, so we'll... This is episode 24, but we're going to call it season 2, episode 1. And great way to start off the new year, and what better way to start off than with our top 5 and bottom 5 of horror movies that came out in 2022. Some of these we have gone into a little bit of depth into before, some we haven't. So we'll do highlights, first thoughts when we watch these movies, have a discussion point of you know why they're on our list, and then for the bottom five, we'll go into the low points and the same things. So we will go ahead and alternate um, between us, starting up number five for both and going up to the worst and the best. So we're going to start off with the top five for this year. And for me, number five on the list is Fresh. So, and so, you know, this being a new year and these movies come out in 2022, anyone who hasn't seen any of these, you know, spoilers ahead for all these movies that came out in 2022. Um, so anyway. Yeah, it's only, it's only like, what, seven or eight movies they have to watch? Yeah. <laughs> before this. So, yeah, well, I'll go watch the seven or eight movies and then come back. Right. Um, and I will be putting the list in written format, too, so you can go ahead and know what movies we're discussing for spoiler alert as well. So, like I said, my number five, my number five spot is Fresh. So, just we're doing quick, quick um, summaries of, of the plot. We're not going to, you know, as deep as we normally do for these movies because we have a lot to talk about. Um, but Fresh essentially starts off, I don't even remember her name at this point in time. That's pretty bad. Um, Call her a female protagonist. Yes, female protagonist. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that was her name. Yes. Um, we meet female protagonist, and she's going essentially like Tinder dates, and she's going on a date with probably the douchiest guy that you could possibly imagine being matched with, I would say. Would you say that's fair? That's a fair statement. Just generic hipster number one, we'll call him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and you know, he's going, Oh, you didn't dress up for me. How could you not dress up for me? You're just wearing a sweatshirt and, and sweatpants. Oh, you didn't eat that. You could, can I take it home? I'm going to eat it. Oh, it's, yeah, we're going, we're going Dutch on the check. So you pay for your meal. I pay for mine, but I'm still going to take your leftovers and you're not going to put out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I can understand, like, first dates, I think we discussed this briefly before, I think it was on the podcast, um, just the expectation of being playing out on the first date is absurd, I think. You know, why, you know, do you, should you dress up nicely for your first date, for, for a first impression? Probably, maybe more than the sweater and sweatpants, but she was comfortable. And then he just made it very awkward, very uncomfortable, and to the point where she just wanted to like swear off dating and using whatever app she was using. Rightfully so. Um, and then she's just, you know, talking to her, her best friend. And was it her other friend? That's like the DJ? Or, or she she worked with him, right? Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah. So um, she just happens to be out in her normal life and she goes to the grocery store and meets Sebastian Stan. And they have a good conversation, just discussing stuff at the grocery store, just kind of small talk and you know, gets his number. And they just kind of go out, start dating a little bit on and off, immediately have sex because <laughs> it's Sebastian Stan. Why wouldn't you? Right. Um, and just, you know, things kind of get like hot and heavy pretty quickly, I would say. 
um, to the point where he, you know, invites her up for a weekend at his house. Um, you know, there's gonna be no cell reception, of course, because you gotta have that line for horror movies nowadays, especially. Uh, yeah, I, I say I'm pretty sure that's in the summary of every single horror movie that's come out in the last decade. Yes, <laughs> or no <laughs> battery. Item item one, no cell reception. Yeah. Um, you know, she tells her friend that she's gonna be there. And her other friend, that her coworker, I guess. And essentially, she, she goes there, and they have a nice dinner, and then she's drinking something, and then she kind of passes out. She essentially was drugged, right? She was, not roofied, but like liquid chloroform, let's say. And she wakes up, and she's in like a holding cell in a basement, and she's kind of locked up. I think she's chained to the floor. And she just has like a little mattress that she's laying on. And eventually going through talking, she hears someone else that's through a wall saying that he's not really a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. She finds like a magazine that has words in there saying like, you know, first he like, took off my foot or something like that. And, you know, the, the plot twist is he connects women chops them up while they're still alive and sells their body parts to people to eat for people to eat. Right. And, so if, he, and if, and if the women are still alive, they get more money. Correct. Cause it tastes fresher. Supposedly. Right. Right. And so we go through comically stuff of him singing and dancing while like tenderizing and packaging his to go boxes of lady parts. Um, and you know, he, you know, first thing he cuts off is her ass. <laughs> Which she was painful, yes, but then she still functions pretty well. I don't think they understand why they, what you couldn't do without an ass and how painful it would be to sit down or anything like that. Um, but she realizes that like he kind of does have feelings for her. Um, and, you know, she's going to use her, her, her feminine wiles to like seduce him you know, and she even partakes of a dinner that he made made out of people, of women, uh, which they, she does it and immediately throws up when she gets back to her room. I don't blame her. Um, and it just kind of goes on for a little bit. She's learning more and more about him. Um, her friend doesn't know where she is, hasn't called her. She's supposed to be checking in. Um, but he's he has her phone and texts her, and just something didn't seem right. And you see, like, he has a whole box of cell phones. Um, her friend eventually gets captured because um, it comes to investigate and she has another dinner with them and then she realizes that it's her friend that she's eating. She's eating her breasts in like a rigatoni or some, some pasta. Um, and essentially, yeah, she just kind of, they start hatching a plan and then she, I don't remember how she escapes. I think it was the help of things like he, she seduces him enough, kind of knocks him. Oh no, I remember now. Uh, she seduces him to having sex and she bites off his dick. <laughs> and so, yeah, she starts escaping. Penis. You're supposed yes. to use the, the correct, you know, scientific wording here. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, and then, you know, her other friend that's supposed to drive up there, he gets all the way up there. He goes, no, 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 I can't do this, and go, goes to leave. Like, he drove 
through to upstate New York. It's always upstate New York when you're in New York City that you always go to the country. Um, uh, you know, up, upstate that. New York is huge. To I know. Be fair. I know. Like I've, uh, I've driven through it multiple times, and it like you're driving for hours. And you're like, how long <laughs> is New York? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, on the side note, we find out that well, her friend investigates him and finds his house and finds out he's married and his, his wife's missing a leg. And we find out that she's the one leaving notes in the magazine that he also fell in love with her and then killed her. Well, yeah, that, I mean, her. that's true, but it was a different lady that was leaving the notes in the magazine. Okay. Um, and so they start to escape. They find you know, they find out that his wife is there, like, oh, you're here to help us. Fantastic. We can stop him now. And she's in on it. They end up killing her. Um, and he comes out chasing them and then just he loses his complete cool control. You know, he was very controlled and very had a, a method to himself that kind of, he kind of broke just out of revenge and anger. And they end up killing him and they escape. End the movie, right? Yep. Except we see other, we see the businessmen or the rich people eating, and they realize there's other suppliers setting up a potential sequel. Um, you know, so for me, uh, highlights is I think Sebastian Stan played like a phenomenal, like almost serial killer, like you know, uh, any of the cannibal serial killers. He obviously eats some of his product as well. He has to. You would do like meal planning and suggestions and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, he was obviously into it. It's not like yeah. just something he does for money. No, he's obviously into the whole scene. Right. Um, I mean, he's obviously not as rich as some of his clients are because they show the clients being like you know insanely rich. Yeah. Um. Point one percent. Right. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he's 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 very well off. I mean, they give him enough money. They pay him enough for those things to make sure that he's comfortable and keeps going. Right, um, but yeah, he's not quite at that super level, so he has to keep working. But you can tell he's also into it; like he enjoys it. Like, yeah, you know, like I said, he cooks for her several times, and he's very, very proud of the meals that he cooks. So, yes. Um. So, like I said, you know, first time watching it, and I go, you know what? This is. It, it's. I feel like it's been a while since we had a cannibal movie that I can recall. And, uh, well, I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I uh, see them all the time. I'm yeah, just saying, but years-wise, I don't know. That's very possible. Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously, you know, late 70s, early 80s, we had a lot more of those. It's just the, the wave of Italian cannibal movies. Um, You know, cannibal holocaust, all that, all that stuff. So, but this was, like, I think a good portrayal of someone who'd be doing this, like a serial killer who thinks he's not doing anything wrong and, and you know always they seem to always kind of fall in love with their victims at times even though they end up killing them uh yeah i just thought that was just an interesting take on it it was just a, a unique take on it overall yeah no it was, it was fun it was it was you know it was it was done well it was you know there was enough changes and and turns in there that it was it was a fun watch you know i was definitely yeah. interested the whole time it was good yeah, I mean, I would not be mad if there was a sequel. I mean, obviously, you wouldn't probably have Sebastian Stan. I would it. be furious. You would? <laughs> I, don't, okay. I don't know. No, I don't know. I'd be I furious if Sebastian Stan was in it. If I could see him like this is now a 
revenge, you know, plight, and they go and go after these other people. I can see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, there's a lot of different directions they can go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got a feeling they'll probably go in a in a dumb direction, but probably the after such a great move, the sequel is generally worse. Well, that's well because <laughs> it's usually like you know the the people who make it really don't you know they, if they kill like the main antagonist, they really don't want to keep going with it. Right. Right. It was just a cool thing that they had. And if somebody tries to keep going with it, it's usually without the original person. And it usually goes in some ridiculous, you know, direction that doesn't make sense. There probably something supernatural at some point. In time. Yeah, probably. They or in space. No. Uh, you never know. Cannibals still need to eat when they're in space. That's true. That is true. All right. So that was my number five. Mm-hmm. Top five. What was your number five? Uh, my number five would be Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the new 2022 version. Um, honestly, I was not expecting much from this movie. I expected it to be terrible. Um, you know, because it's like a straight to Netflix, um, right? Movie. I mean, yeah, I didn't hear like anything about it other than it was a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, and they were like, you know, kind of sort of rebooting the franchise. Not really. I mean, it's you know they stay faithful to the originals, but. Yeah, or at least some of them. I don't know. They went in some wacky directions in some of those sequels, but um, at no part do they ever, you know, say that none of that did not happen, you know? Right. Um, But yeah, it's just like a modern, you know, kind of retelling. But yeah, it's it's set in the modern day as if the stuff in the 70s happened. So basically, like the first movie definitely happened. um, And there's like a, uh, you know, wherever, wherever that house was. And I, I, they always say it was, it's outside of Austin somewhere, but they never say where. Right. Um, but yeah, it's outside of Texas, in Austin, Texas, at s- some point. Um, so essentially, n- nearby to where that stuff happened, there was a town, um, just a little bitty sleepy town, you know, like less than 100 people. Um, and because of all the, you know, the the horror, the murders that happened there and all the people that like, you know, came there, to like look at what's going on and all that kind of stuff basically drove all the business out of the town. Like all the people left. And then after the um you know, the kind of fanfare faded away. Um, because you know, they never caught Leatherface and uh, you know, again, the sequels may have happened, but the sequels did not happen in the same area. Right. <clears throat> so yeah, they may have happened, whatever. But this area, like the people left after the other people left. Um, and then, you know, it was like they just left a ghost town. Okay. Um, so then there's like these hipster kids. Um, well, kids, they're like early twenties. <laughs> um, and they're, I get, they're like some famous chef or two famous chefs that are like working together. And they're basically going to gentrify this old ghost town. They're going to open up a new restaurant together in this town, but they basically bought the whole town and they're trying to get all these investors interested to buy the other like storefronts and stuff in the town so they can like revive this ghost town in the middle of, you know, right. It was a desert it, in Texas. There's nothing it around, was, but they want to, it was a it. rendering plant, right? Originally that kept the town alive. That everyone worked at the plant. Uh, well, that was in one of the sequels. They don't explicitly say that in this one. Oh, okay. Well, actually it was a prequel that said that, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, again, it, they, they don't say that, none of that stuff happened. They only showed this little town um, and they don't actually, you know, go through all the stuff that I explained. They don't really say that you just, you just have to interpret that <laughs> from what's going on. Essentially the, the facts that you get is there's this ghost town nearby where the, 
you know, the chainsaw murders happened. Um, yeah. that no one is there in now. And these, you know, people bought the stuff and they got investors coming to do it. So yeah, they go to, um, as they're going, they get to let's say gas station and we see like all kinds of, uh, you know, souvenirs and stuff like that, like little chainsaw corkscrews and, you know, just stuff like that, you know, like Texas chainsaw massacre t-shirts. So obviously they're still trying to like cash in on some of this stuff, but you can tell that, you know, the kind of, yeah, you know, like I said, the fanfare is gone. <laughs> like right. you know, they're, they're still there a little bit, but like it, it's not a common thing for people to come here anymore. It's, it's been what fifty years almost, essentially fifty years. Yeah, right. Um. So yeah, they they stop at this gas station and on the way there, um, you know, the guys like trying to sell them a bunch of souvenirs. Um, they ask what happened to the girl who survived the first movie, and they say that she became a Texas Ranger. And tried to find Leatherface and never succeeded in finding him. Interesting. That's about the only intro <laughs> that we get. Um, and then they get to the town. Oh, sorry. There's there's a guy with a huge, giant diesel, you know, truck with the smokestacks and everything um, that, you know, they assume is like a, a local, you know, he's like wearing a gun and stuff like that. I mean, this is Texas. So, right. Everybody, all the local folks do. Um, but, you know, he, he kind of comes off as like a good old boy, um, you know, and they, and they see his gun and they're all like offended, you know, um, because they're, you know, hipster type kids and they're in their like electric car, <laughs> um, you know, and there it is. Yeah, they're very, yeah, anyway, I mean, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, challenging each other, but nothing major. You know, they're basically just like showing that they don't like each other. And then, you know, they drive away. And then as they're driving away, the big, huge diesel truck, um, you know, pulls in front of them and then rolls coal all over them, as as the kids say. Um, Interesting. You know what rolling coal is? Pooping. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's where, it's where you take whatever, you know, gas-guzzling monster thing that you have. Then you go in front of a car. Usually they do it to, like, a hybrid or an electric car. Um, and they, like... I don't know what you do, but you do something to where like your your exhaust spews like black smoke. Oh, uh, okay. So you get in front of those cars and then you spew the black smoke at them to, as the like a, a big like you know screw you, you, yeah. you know, I don't agree with your green earth stuff, whatever. Yeah, um, that's a good old boy type thing. It's a rural, I should say, a rural area thing. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, so they get to this ghost town. They're looking around, um, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is perfect, except for the Confederate flag that's hanging from <laughs> this one house. Um, they find out that the guy that was that rolled coal on their electric car is actually the contractor that they hired to, like, I mean, not fix everything up, but make it look, you know, kind of sort of presentable, right? Yeah. Um, he only had a week, so, you know, he, he did what he could, but, you know, it looks you know good enough. Um, so anyway, so they go into this house, you know, because the Confederate flag is hanging from the second floor window. So they go in this house, they go upstairs, um, there's bars on the window, so they can't reach the flag. But they realize that um, there's an old lady living in this house. Um, and again, they own all the property. Like, the, you know, they supposedly own the deeds to every building in this town. Um, and, uh, you know, as they're, you know, trying to leave, she's like, oh, you know, what are you doing? I didn't know we we're going to have guests, you know, here, have some tea. And as they're drinking, she's like, what are you still doing here? You're supposed to leave. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. I worked that out with the bank. Everything's fine. Ah, uh, the bank. Yeah. And, she, and she's like, well, no, we own all this stuff. And she's like, oh, do you have the title, the deed? And they're like, yeah. 
well, okay, well, you're going to have to show it to me and then we'll leave. Um, and you see, like, she's got, like, a big, you know, silent, you know, whatever child, I guess you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's kind of like, you know, her ward. Anyway, it was an orphanage. Um, and, and there's only one ward that she has left, which is, is an old man, <laughs> the big giant old man, but he's the only one that's still left. Um, so anyway, they go outside and they're basically like, okay, we got to get this old lady out of here. You know, she doesn't own this house anymore. Um, so they call the cops, the cops come in, um, and they say like, Hey, we told you weeks ago, you need to get out of here. Um, and they, they grab her and they put her in the, you know, in like a paddy wagon arresting her for, I don't know, trespassing or something. I have no idea. Um, and of course the big giant guy goes with her because it's like her son or whatever. (laughs) Um, and the one girl, the chef girl, wants to go with, uh, but of course she's like, you know, one of the major people, like the pr- people who has to present to the investors. So like, no, no, you can't go. So this other chef's wife uh, is there. I guess I should introduce the characters. Is is uh, the, the two chef? There's one chef guy and the chef girl. Um, the chef guy has a wife. The chef girl has a little sister. Um, and the little sister is kind of like a. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it, like emotionally shattered, we'll say, because she was involved in a school shooting, so she can't really like function in the real world. So like PT almost like a PTSD. Right. Yeah, definitely that, but I'm sure there's other things going on. They kind of insinuate that she's incapable of you know living on her own. Anyway. Um so they drive off in the van to take her to the thing. Um they have an accident. Um because the old lady dies in the back. Um, the big dude doesn't like that, obviously. Um, he tries <laughs> to save her. The one cop that's in the back is like, hey, man, she's dead. Leave her be. Uh, he doesn't like that answer. He grabs his arm, snaps it off, and then Ooh. stabs him in the neck with his own arm bones. <laughs> um, and as he's you know choking on his own blood, he goes to shoot and somehow shoots forward. And he shoots the other cop who's driving in the neck. Um, he flies off the road, crashes into a combine, right? And the, the other girl was sitting in the passenger seat. Everybody gets knocked out. Okay, they wake up. Uh, she looks in the back. Uh, everybody's gone. Well, the one cop, the dead cop is there, but the, the big guy and the old lady are gone. Um, and he sees a, a little bit of uh, the big guy dragging her body away. Um, so she's like, you know, she tries to get out her door. Her door is locked. Um, she basically, you know, looks over to the other cop. She's trying to figure out a way out. When um, he comes back, um, she sees him like carving off her face, the old lady's face. And he puts on her face over his the flesh mask. And now we obviously know that this was Leatherface. <laughs> and he was living in an orphanage for the last 50 years, which makes him what 70 <laughs> at, I mean, the, at the youngest at the youngest yes yeah he wasn't i don't i don't consider him young no i would say like leatherface in the original movie i would say he's like i mean probably like 30 ish maybe yeah. late 20s maybe early 30s i mean obviously who knows you don't know we don't know we don't really see his face but right i would just say you know based on his build and everything so i mean yeah we're talking what 80 <laughs> he's 80 yeah. years old yeah um so anyway, whatever. I mean, they kind of made it like a, alluded to the fact that he was just a kid when that happened. But I mean, that doesn't make sense if you've seen the first movie. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, he cuts off her face. He puts it on. He becomes Leatherface again. Um, he comes up to the window. The cop wakes up. Um, he comes to the window and kill, finishes killing the cop. Um, you know, she waits till he leaves again. Um, she tries to get out. Uh, he hears her. He comes over and uh, kills her too. Uh, but not a, after she does get out and sees like the, he made like this weird little shrine with the old lady, like sat around some bales of hay and like put a bunch of sunflowers around her and stuff, whatever. Um, Almost like Mrs. Voorhees shrine. From right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's a typical, you know, horror villain shrine. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah. So she dies, too. OK. And then he um, goes back to the town. The old lady before she died whispered something to him about like, you know, the place I told you to not go in my room you know, you should go there or something. Anyway, something I don't know, remember what she said, but something like that. Anyway. Um, so there, they have their little auction um, with the investors. The, it seems like everything's going well. Um, and her little sister uh, decides to go off and, you know, like check out other stuff. She starts palling around with the contractor guy. Um, and even though she doesn't like guns because of the school shooting thing, you know, the guy is kind of like, you know, teaching her, the ropes or whatever. Um, the other girl gets upset that she's hanging out with him. Um, and then they end up going to um, the old orphanage because at this point they get the text that um, the lady died. So they go to the house to try to find the deed, uh, I guess, to see if she had it because they, when they went in the, va- in the bus to look for it, it wasn't there. So they go to the house to see if she had it and they do find it. So she actually had the deed. She was the legal owner of the house, which again, makes no real sense to me <laughs> because the police, if they came to her house and told her to leave weeks ago, the police don't do that unless they have a legal reason to do so. Especially right. if, if they're like, is, if she has local a deed, cops then, yeah. that know each other, but like, right. yeah. So, I mean, they would have had to say, we own this house. They would have had to show the police that we own this house. They would have to go to court say, we own this house, we want these people out, then they would get a court order to remove the occupants. So in order for that to have happened, in order for the police to have asked her to leave, all of that stuff already happened. So I just kind of discount this whole a title thing. She might have a piece of paper that says title, but I don't think that means she actually owns that place. Right. At this point, they're kind of trying to show that they're in the wrong because of that. But I mean knowing basic legal procedure <laughs> it's not true <laughs> are they assholes yes absolutely not denying that at all i'm just saying legally i don't think they owned this house texas um, law right yeah it's not i mean it's not gonna matter soon anyway but i'm just saying at this point they make it seem like oh we are the bad people but i don't believe i don't really believe that anyway. are we the baddies right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't really believe that so um, as we're in there, um, of course, Leatherface comes in. Um, I'm just going to summarize it here. Um, he kills the contractor guy. Um, he kills um, somebody else. Oh, the, who else was there? I don't know. Somebody else was there. Anyway, contractor guy dies. The girl hides under the bed. Um, he ba- breaks through the wall, finds his chainsaw, <laughs> which was the thing that the lady hid in the wall. Um, you know, there's a scene of her like trying to like sneak past him and go downstairs. Of course, he finds her. Um, she somehow ends up in the floor because she falls down the stairs and falls through the floor. Um, and then she eventually crawls out. 
um, and you know crawls out a vent in the in the side. Her little sister finds her and helps her. Um, at this point, they run back. Oh, that's who it was. The the guy, um, her husband, the the chef guy. He okay. was the one who came in there and he got hit with a big cleaver before he got his chainsaw. I was I knew there was somebody else there anyway. Um, so he he like survives and goes back to like warn everybody, and he's got this huge wound in his side. Um, and then he's going back to warn everybody, and then they you know Leatherface is right behind him, and they all freak out, uh, and they run into the bus. And now this scene is really fun. It's like a big party bus. It looks yeah, like it's like a preview. big party bus. Okay, with like disco yeah. lights and 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 you know house music and all that stuff and they're all partying in there and leatherface gets on the bus and literally slaughters everyone on the bus nice <laughs> everyone i mean there's a lot of really fun cool death scenes on this bus uh people getting cut in half and intestines sliding out the windows i mean there's all kinds of fun stuff i mean there's a lot of cool scenes before this too like i said when he broke off the guy's arm and stabbed him in the neck was really cool uh, there's a scene where he hits the the contractor dude in the leg with a hammer, and you see the leg break. I mean, oh. there's a lot of really cool like effects in it, like really cool practical effects in it. It was it was really nice. Um. Anyway, so yeah, he kills everybody on the bus. So there's one like banker lady somehow makes it off the bus, but she doesn't last very long. She gets she gets cut in half anyway. Um. I'm trying to think. Anyway, everybody dies except for. Um, the chef lady and her little sister who hide in the bathroom of the bus. Um, and they manage to sneak out of like a skylight um, as he's killing everybody else. They run into like this old abandoned theater. Um, there's like a showdown, basically, they, you know, back and forth, you know, oh, I'm dead. Oh, I'm not dead. Blah, blah, blah. Because um, I think the sister, they got in a car to get away. Um, and they died. The the old, the lady from the first movie, the Texas, um, ranger shows up because the gas station guy called him I think somebody tried to call her for help on the radio or something because of course their cell phones weren't working right um yeah so he called the texas rangers and of course no one else so no one else is coming to help except for this one texas ranger lady she gets out and she's like oh i'm gonna have a showdown with leatherface and he like very easily like defeats her um, there's a really fun scene of where he like impales her with a chainsaw and then like holds her up in the air while it's running and there's just like blood spewing everywhere. <laughs> it's pretty cool. But somehow she survives long enough to like shoot him again later, which whatever. She does die though. <laughs> um so anyway, so then they end up in this in this theater with the you know the whole showdown back and forth, blah blah. Um so the little the little sister was trying to, you know, hide and fight him. Um, and then the, the other sister manages to get herself out of the car, gets the shotgun from the lady and then shoots him and ends up in the water. They go outside and they think they're all safe. Um, she goes in their electric car and sets the, um, the autopilot to take them home. Um, and, and she sets the autopilot uh, and then Leatherface runs out of the theater, grabs the one chef sister out of the car. While the other, the little sister is like sticking, you know, her head out of the sunroof crying. And he just like cuts her heads off with a chainsaw while she's staring at him. And then, so then, then that's the end. He does it. Well, he does his dance. He does his dance in the street. Like he does in the first <laughs> one. Yeah. You know, the where that weird dance, he does that dance in the middle of the ghost town. And then that's it. So yeah, the one, only the little sister survived. Everyone else got killed by Leatherface. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I again, the practical effects really stood out to me because they didn't like. Oh, I've seen, there was so many movies that we saw before this. Um, yeah, I think that's because they were cheaper. Where they turn away, you know, before yeah. all this like stuff happens, that we just kind of see the aftermath. Right. This one, it it like just shows it like just dead on. I mean, like you see every kill, you see everything bad that happens. Right. And I mean, was, as we, as we discussed after we did, you know, the horror movie convention in the marathon that we hosted text chainsaw like how little you actually see in that movie right and you know we're nearly 50 years later and obviously it's sounds like they went they had the budget to be able to do all the stuff they probably wanted would have wanted to do the first time around oh yeah i mean there's like i said there's some crazy scenes i mean there's they did a fantastic job with the effects i'm sure it's a mix of practical and cgi but um it looked good it looked great Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, th- I did not get to this movie this year. Um, it's it's definitely on a, on the list, and it'll probably be, you know, I don't know, we would do a recap of, you know, we do Texas Chainsaw Massacre in August, you know, Dog Days of Summer. Um, so let me, I know, obviously, you know, the spoiler alert is that, you know, the, the woman from the first one that survived comes mm-hmm. back but it's not the same actress. No, yeah, the original actress died in 2014. Um so it's a, yeah. it's a different actress, but yeah, she's an older wiry lady, yeah. Right. Um, so not that it matters cuz again she dies <laughs> pretty quickly after she shows up. So how do you how do you feel with the legacy character coming back to die? Um I mean that's cool. I mean they're trying to um you know, do like a reboot, but trying to stay faithful to the original. And if she survives, it's it's kind of, you know, like that open air, like, well, why didn't they say anything? Why wouldn't they mention that, you know, that this lady is still alive or something? I mean, they didn't necessarily have to make her a Texas Ranger, but the fact that they did and gave her an exit, you know, at least like she tried to fight back kind of thing. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been more um, distracting if they didn't mention it or bring her back than if they did. Yeah, I don't think that's it was fair. necessarily needed to bring her back. It really wasn't, but again, it's closure, right? They get to close the door on the old stuff. I mean, obviously, it's the same Leatherface, not the same actor, but the same, you know, character. Yeah, Gunnar, Gunnar Hansen's, I, I think, been dead for quite some time. Right. Um. So, yeah. So, But, I mean, yeah, again, so now all the legacy people are dead. Now they get to start over. But, I mean, uh, how do you feel about, like, how, how much longer can Leatherface go on? If it's 50 years later. Well, I mean, if he's still, like, you know, doing what he does at 80 degrees, I mean, who knows, dude? I mean, every other franchise has been, like, you know, they're supernaturally powerful, whatever. I'm sure they could do something like that. Or, hell, they don't even have to mention it at all. Right. They could. He could just be, uh, uh, you know, a killer. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know. Why is he still alive? Who knows? He's got gray hair, so obviously he ages in some way. Right. You know, obviously we have, we have, you know, we did the whole Halloween franchise and yeah, Michael Myers was great. He's aged, but there still really wasn't, initially there wasn't anything really supernatural about him on the, on the reboot, the requel, if you will. Right. Um, obviously in later movies, yes, there's definitely something supernatural going on. You know, evil dies tonight. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it, you know, I know Texas Chainsaw is kind of like one of your one of your favorite franchises. Yeah. 
do you think this was what we've needed in the past 20 years of text um, chainsaw? Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, they've needed to bring it back. I mean, and then the, the last couple of sequels, they've been okay. Um, I mean, they haven't been great, but they haven't been terrible. Um, okay. They had like a goofy prequel one in there, um, where you know they like people worked at that, like you said, the processing slaughterhouse, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, again, they were okay. I mean, they weren't they weren't great, but they weren't. You know, I wasn't upset that I watched them. You know. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, they weren't fantastic. I, I think this one is is up there. Um, I mean, obviously not better than the first one, and I'm not to me not better than the second one because I think the second one is just so ridiculously fun that it's very hard to get better than that. I mean, it's very iconic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for there, there's a reason, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, it has that like you know magic spot in my heart. It's going to be hard to beat too, but I think you know it, it, it's better than the rest of them, definitely. So pr- pretty for because uh, two was the last time one Toby Hooper did right. Uh, I think so. I mean, he was like a producer on a lot. Okay, of but yeah, he wasn't like you know directly involved with writing directing. I don't believe. I mean, don't quote me on that. But I mean, when we when we get to that franchise, we'll we'll dive deeper, obviously, further into it. And right, figure that out. Okay, I mean, yeah, it's something obviously we're going to review and watch and go into further detail. Like I said August, probably a two-parter, right? But I mean, because- it was, uh, yeah. This is the only, the last note <laughs> that I'll say on this is I really expected it with it being a straight to Netflix type thing. I really expected of like a PG thirteen cop out. Yeah, you know, I really expected that to be like, oh, it's a new you know version of them to where you can't see. Um, you know the the bad kills and all that kind of stuff. Like I really expected like a a, a pulled punch version of it, um, and I was my mind was like immediately changed as soon as that first kill happened with that cop. I was like, wow, okay, we're going this way. Like this is a totally different direction, but I'm here for it. But you, so you think it's just a good return to form? Yeah, definitely. Okay, that's fair. <clears throat> all right, so. Number four for both Salem and I are the same movie. <laughs> it is shocking. And I know, right? Um, and it is Smile. So I think we, you know, since we have it both on our list, we just kind of tag team us. All right. Um, right. We have, yeah, we have a couple of similar movies on these lists. Surprise, surprise, right? So Smile essentially is. It's a quick kind of a brief summary. It, it's it's essentially a, I don't know if they ever say if it's a demon or a ghost or a curse or whatever it is. I don't think they explicitly say. I think for a particular reason. I'm going with demon. You're going with demon. That's fair. It, can be it, se- it seems well. like a demon to me. Yeah. Um. So we meet. Oh, I don't remember her name either. Let's call her Discount Jennifer Gardner. Oh, wait, no, no, I, I believe her name was Female Protagonist. <laughs> female Protagonist, all right. Sounds about right. <laughs> uh, let's, I'm actually going to look up her name. Uh, okay, it is Rose. Rose, yeah, that sounds Rose. right, yeah. Um, she is a therapist uh, whose boss is Cal Penn. Well, she's she's an emergency mental health physician. 
Right. So the you know people brought in with their you know a threat to themselves, they get taken and that's who she sees that. Would you say that's fair? Yes. So essentially she we we see what glimpses of her or seeming as a child of someone laying in bed and like overdosing on pills. Right. And you know, she wakes up from her dream and that's just kind of our introduction to her. You know, kind of, I, I'd say it's a standard horror fair. You know, there's there's just establishing there's some tragedy in her past. You know, we we get into it, more into it later in the movie, um, but we can see we can probably say this is maybe you know her ideas. This is her driving force for doing what she does. Is that her mom was unstable, and because of it, she just wanted to go into the field where she can help people that have the same afflictions. That's what that's what I gathered from it. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that yeah makes sense. Um so I believe we we're then introduced to her very first patient. Well yeah, yeah, just about right there, but yeah. Yeah. Um you know her her patient saying that there's something following her that she can't sleep, that she's seeing things and this I think she tells her it's always smiling. Yeah, yeah. She basically says that the thing it'll it, sometimes it'll take the form of someone you know. Sometimes it'll be a complete stranger, um, but you can always tell it's them because they have this horrible smile, right? Which you know is where we get the title from, right? Um, this is the only time she sees her at this point, right? Yeah, no, yeah. She came in. Everybody, I'm assuming they probably thought she was having a breakdown, but it, yeah. You know, Obviously, we know what happens in this movie, so we know that she was just basically at the end of this cycle, right? Um, to where, yeah, the thing was haunting her and messing with her, um, you know, to the point where she gets to a certain mind state to where it can just essentially take her over, right? Oh, we should, I guess, also introduce one of her other patients that she has that she's a re- he's a regular in there. He's kind of like in there for who knows how many times at this point in time. Um, I don't remember his name, but uh, but yeah, he plays a part in this just a little bit later. Um, but essentially, this woman, she, you know, she's saying, "Hey, I need this help." Blah blah blah. You understand? And essentially, she's done. You know, there's glimpses of her seeing something that we don't see. Yeah, well, yeah she's like screaming, it. backing away, saying, "It's here! It's here! It's here!" Yeah, she's like looking right past Rose. Right. Yeah, Rose looks back and she sees nothing. She goes, okay, she's clearly she's having like a psychotic break. Um, and she goes to get she goes to get help. Yeah, she goes to the her. bat phone, yeah, to yeah. call for help. Um yes. and then yeah, when as she's on the phone calling for help, it gets real quiet and she turns around and the patient is there with this huge smile on her face. Um yes. and she picks up a piece of like a, a flower pot that had broken when she you know tried to back off earlier and she just like slices her own throat open right she makes a smiley face on her throat <laughs> well yeah but she's smiling yeah. the whole time so like as she's slicing her yes. throat and bleeding to death she is smiling the whole time yep um which is you know traumatic for anyone anyone to see and rose is clearly you know shaken by it and her boss goes you know, do you need some time off? This is just a, 
you know, for your patient, which it really wasn't her patient, but still traumatic enough to say, you know, when something like this happens, you need to take time off and speak to someone, you know, this is what we do for a living. If you see a, someone with therapy, you know, do you have someone that you can talk to? And she goes, yeah, she has her old therapist she had from probably her childhood, I would, I would think. I don't know really uh, I mean, how long she's whatever, had her. Whatever. She's, she has a history with her. That's all we know. Yeah. Um, but then she starts to see, you know, she goes, no, 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 um, I'm fine. Um, and she goes, I think back to work the very next day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. She goes back to work and she, yeah, she starts having, um, you know, basically the visions of this smiling thing. Right. So where she's yeah. starting to, to have the same symptoms that her patient did. Right. Um, and then it basically comes to a head as she goes to the, the one guy who's like really depressed and kind of, um, you know, out of sorts. I don't know uh, how you describe it, like kind of catatonic almost. Right. Um, and she goes to check on him and then he is like threatening to kill her and hurt her. Um, and so she like, you know, kind of, you know, kind of st- stands against him and calls for help and stuff and realizes that uh, that didn't actually happen. Right, she's you know he's on the stuff. He was just still just laying on the bed. Right, yeah. So like the the team comes in and like you know shocks him and 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 you know uh, sedates him and all that kind of stuff. But um, she realizes you know very shortly that that what she thought happened didn't actually happen. And this is the point you know with it where you know her boss basically says, okay, like you need to go home. Like you need to take time off. Like obviously you're you're still messed up. Yeah. Um, so you need to go home. And she starts having like, you know, visions of, you know, people, um, you know, being in her house um, and like hiding in the shadows kind of thing. Um, she loses her cat mustache. Yep. Um, and her boyfriend. Her husband was her boyfriend uh, or husband. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if they're married or what it, whatever they live together. So. Yeah. Regardless. Um, you know, and they, she kind of just goes on like a little psychotic break, I would say. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, essentially at this point, everybody is like worried for her because, you know, she's like obviously kind of breaking down. She looks, you know, disheveled and and stuff like she's not sleeping and and all that kinds of stuff. Um, and then she like, uh, it's, it's going to be her, her nephew's birthday. Yes. (laughs) Um, so she go and her sister says like, oh, he loves trains. So, you know, go get him a model train or whatever. So she goes, gets him a model train and then goes to his house, um, you know, for the birthday party. Yep. Um, and as he's sitting and opening up his presents, um, he opens up the present. It's the box that she got him with the electric train. Um, and she opens it and he opens it up and he's, you know, you can see his face kind of go like, Oh, what? <laughs> like and very then, visible confusion. Right. And then he pulls out her dead cat mustache. <laughs> yep. Of course, she like freaks out. She's like, yeah, "I didn't do this. I would never do this. Like, I don't know. You know, this isn't where me. This came from? Yeah, this isn't me." And she laughed. And of course, everybody is like, "There is something seriously wrong with you. Like, you need to go into therapy. You need to check yourself into rehab or something. Like, something is seriously going on." Yeah. Um, and at this point, she basically realizes that yeah, that whatever you know took over the other girl has taken her over as well. So she's trying to find out more information. Um, she basically finds out, um, you know, because the girl had told her that she started seeing the smiling thing after um, her teacher 
killed himself in front of her. Right. Um, so she looks more into that. She talks to the wife. Um, she said that, yeah, you know, basically the same symptoms that both of them went through, he went through too. Um, she goes and looks into like his, his art room and there's all kinds of pictures of like this, you know, demon smiling or like this black blackness with a smile black entity. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you're like, okay, this is the same thing. So she goes to her ex boyfriend who is a cop. Yep. Um, and, and asks him to, uh, look into this further. And he basically finds that, um, it's been a pattern. So like, yes. if somebody kills themselves in front of somebody else, um, or if, or if it's like a horrible murder, whatever it is, something horrible happens in front of the other person. That person lasts for like what, three to seven days. Um, and uh, then at the end maxim- of that, maximum is seven. The average is four days. Right. Um, so yeah, essentially at the end of, at the end of that time, they do something horrible and tragic. And then the, the pattern just keeps going. Right. Um, so yeah, they're, they follow the pattern back, 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 back. And they eventually find, um, you know, this kind of gap where something different happens. So like, instead of one person killing themselves in front of another one, it actually, this guy kills someone else. And then the pattern follows them. Yes. So that one guy survives. So they go to visit him in prison. Um, go, and how had, did you do it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically, how did you do it? And he basically says that thing is like this thing thrives off of trauma. So you have to give it trauma. And he's like, so either you have to do something horrible in front of someone else for him, for it to go into, or it's going to take you. Yes. Or it's going to eventually kill you and force you to kill yourself and then keep that trauma train going. And, you know, she's like, I have. He's like, you brought it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's obviously freaking out because he doesn't, you know, if she, you know, if the thing takes her over and she kills herself in front of him, he has to do it again. And he's in prison and he can't. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but, he, you know, she leaves and he's out of the story. Um. So at this point, she really, you know, kind of goes ahead like a weird fantasy to where she's going to go kill the catatonic dude that she threatened earlier. Um, obviously that was just like a, a dream kind of fantasy thing. She does go to the hospital, um, and, and the, her boss does see her there. Um, but she basically leaves. Um, and then she kind of comes to the decision that, okay, I'm not going to kill anybody, yeah. um, but I, I don't want to, to, you know, for this thing to kill other people around me. So she goes back to her original childhood home, which has been abandoned, like her and her family still own it. But it's like an old abandoned spooky haunted house kind of thing. Yeah, in the middle of nowhere. Odeed, yeah. right? Yeah. So she basically goes to this house, um, locks herself in, um, and then just kind of like is planning to just camp out there. I don't know. I don't know exactly what her whole plan was there. I think her plan was if there's no one around to pass the trauma on, that she wouldn't then do it. Right, but I think I think she kind of. Um, decided that she was probably just going to die. She just wanted the train to end with her. Right. So she was like, I'm probably going to die. I just don't want this thing to go to someone else. Like just end it with me. I think, I think is where she was going. She didn't say that, but I think that's where it was going. Um, and of course, when she's in this house, she starts having visions of her mother, you know, that killed herself. And the mother is like, you know, telling her she forgives her. Of course it's a trick. Um, and then it turns into the monster and she like, gets huge she turns into like a giant 
Oh, absolutely. And it's like chasing her around the house. Um, she starts having visions of like her boyfriend um coming in the house, but then he really didn't. Um, but then again, later he did. <laughs> it was right. I mean, it's all she, over the place. Like she, she can't it, trust it, her own. It mind. made it made her think that she escaped and won. That right. she set on fire with like a Molotov cocktail, and that she escaped. Right. Yeah, and she yeah basically realized that. Um, nope. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this did not actually happen. But then the boyfriend did actually show up. Right. Um, and then we see basically that um, she loses the battle. She covers herself in gasoline, turns to the cop ex boyfriend, um, and lights herself on fire while smiling. Um, yes. Therefore, continuing the trauma train. So but we see the creature open up her mouth and then yeah. just go inside of her. Right. Yeah. This creature that you know with this horrible smile but you see he's got like i don't know 10 rows of teeth yeah um so when he smiles he's got like you know a 10 level smile and he's like this big yeah he like yeah, opens up her mouth and like crawls in her body so yes the, again yeah. this is why i would say it's a demon because this is this really looks like a demon he's all like red and stuff i mean uh, it, i would say it, it looked like a mix of i would say pennywise when he opens his mouth and the and the creature from barbarian yeah, that's fair. Or if you want to even go with like the Blair Witch from the 2016 Blair Witch movie that we actually see the Blair Witch is kind of like elongated humanoid. Right. But yeah, like a giant looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would say like her giant mother was probably the scarier version, even though we see like his true version with the horrible 10 levels of teeth. I would say yeah. like her giant mother was probably. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was a very freaky thing. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Trauma Train continues. Uh, movie ends. So, yeah, we get yep. our, our bad ending, which is fun. Oh, I mean, okay. So, let's uh, – do you want to go into your, your highlights or your first thoughts uh, first? Um, I, basically, I mean, I thought it was it was good. I mean, I knew where it was going. I was very happy to see that it ended where it did. Yes. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, Fallen. Did you ever see that movie with Denzel Washington? No, um, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a kind of similar premise, although um, anyway, it's a little bit different. But it's it's a demon um, that can travel between people. I mean, it can travel between them at will. It, you know, like all they have to do is like I think touch each other, and they can travel between them. Um, and the demon, when it controls a person, is like a serial killer. It just kills people, does all kinds of horrible, horrible shit. And then when it leaves that person, the person has no memory of what happened. Okay. But they could have taken him over for years. Like he, and then he could have left them and they could have been a 10 year gap. They don't know what's going on anyway. Um, so Denzel Washington, I don't, I think he's a cop. I'm not, a, I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen it, but, um, essentially he goes, there's a serial killer, um, that killed a whole bunch of people. Um, and he goes to watch the uh, execution. Um, so he's okay. going to die in the gas chamber. And right before he dies, um, as he's walking into the gas chamber, um, he's like whistling a tune. It's a uh, time is on your side by the Rolling Stones. He's whistling. it. Okay. Um, and then, but as he's going into the gas chamber, he touches one of the guards arms before he goes into the gas chamber. So when the guy is sitting in the gas chamber, he has no idea where he is. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know why he's being killed. He's like screaming for help. Again, he doesn't understand, right? Because he wasn't there. He wasn't the serial killer. The demon was. He's and now it, and now it passed on to this guard. Um, and so Denzel Washington kind of figures it out because he's like in another body. He's like whistling the same tune and he's talking kind of sort of the same. 
Um, and so Denzel Washington is like tracking him down and, you know, kind of finds the past, kind of like how she finds the past of the demon train um, and, and stuff like that. Anyway, this the ending of Fallen was what I was really reminding him. But again, it's kind of like how this invisible demon goes from people to people, whatever. Yeah. Um. So what he does is he lures the demon to like this house in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, and so he goes to this house in the middle of nowhere. He lures the demon out there and the demon basically thinks that he's going to eventually take him over and then, you know, do horrible shit in his name because he was fighting him. So then he's going to take him over and, and win. Right. Yeah. Um, but what Denzel Washington did is he poisoned himself before he got there. And since they're the only two people there, he, he shoots the other one. So that that the demon's body is dying. And even if he does go into Denzel Washington, he's still going to die because he's poisoned. Why have I? Why does this sound really familiar? To I you? mean, you might have seen it. It's it's. I don't. I want to say it's in the nineties. It had to be of the nineties, early mid nineties. Maybe I've just watched the list with it on there too. Um, I don't it's know. possible. It but anyway, very... there, there's a lot of like similarities there. I really like that movie. Fallen was a really really good movie. Uh, like me yeah. and a, a friend of mine loved that movie growing up. We watched it a bunch of times. Um, but it was, but it, was a, it was a cool movie. Um, uh, and it just had a lot of kind of parallels to that, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and the I mean, ending is different. Obviously, the ending in Fallen, there is a little bit of like a possible sequel to where like um, there was a cat there. And they okay. showed this cat escaping at the end. So like, oh, maybe he's alive in the cat, right? Yeah. Um, and that was... And that was it. Uh, but in this one, like, obviously the trauma train continues. So this one right. has a definitely a bad ending. Fallen has a possibly bad ending. Okay. Yeah, I mean, to me, this this reminded me of a lot like, you know, The Ring or Truth or Dare with the smiling demon that's able to make you see some shit and mess you up until you pass it along. And it seems very similar in that vein. And you know, for me, my first thought was I'm like, okay, like, yes, was I able to predict the ending? Yes, yes, I was. I mean, we all saw it coming. I feel right. We've seen enough of these movies to know where the, how this is going to go, and it's it still, you know, but still nails it though. Like, even knowing what was going to happen, it still nails it pretty spectacularly. Yeah. But I also, I also got to give a shout out to like the cinematography too, because there's a lot of like interesting shots where like you know sometimes the camera like goes like upside down you know yeah like as they're, as they're showing like shots where you usually go like a horizon shot you know where you sort of like where they're driving it goes yeah. into like a horizon shot and then it like flips all the way around so like it shows them driving away but they're driving away upside down you know it's it's yeah. just interesting shots you know just done i thought were pretty cool yeah yeah um but yeah i mean like i said it seemed like it, it was a good supernatural horror movie. Like I said, we were seeing some resurgence of these that it had been probably, I don't know what, 15 ish years since we really had a good last one besides it follows. But like we had a whole bunch of these, like the J horror phenomenon that took place in the early 2000s. A lot of these were based same things like, you know, one missed call grudge, you know, the ring and stuff like that. That's actually the grudge kills you. And then you become, you know, another angry, soul that then you know someone sees that and you possess them there's always that linking chain as well oh yeah no yeah i'll give you it definitely has it follows vibes and for me it feels like a mixture of it follows and fallen okay that's fair i, I liked both of those a lot so yeah that's, that's a good those are good things 
Yeah, I, I know people. I know a lot of people that were hyped to see this too. Like there was a lot of buzz with this movie too. There was. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. A, I mean, I mean, I heard of it. I usually don't hear about very many horror <laughs> movies, and I even heard of it. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, it's a solid number four spot. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um. So how do you want to do the next one? Because your number three is my number two. Right. Uh, do you well, want to just go into that first, and I'll go into my number three, then we'll go into your number two? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, Prey, I don't think we have to do a summary, because no, we've already if you've gotten Prey. to episode 24, you've already listened to episode, what, is, what was that, two, three? It was a, lo- it was a while ago. Yeah, it, was in the, it was within <laughs> the first five episodes. Uh, we did a yes. lot about Predator, and we also did... A lot about prey. So, if you want extended <laughs> versions of prey, uh, you know, feel free to listen to that thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, yeah. The, my yeah, my number three is prey. Um, is great. I mean, it's it's considered horror. So yeah, I'll put it <laughs> high <laughs> on the list. If it was more of like pure horror, it probably would have been higher on the list. Um, I just like to keep. Um, you know, if I'm going to give like the number one and two spot, I want to give it to like you know a definite you know, straight up horror movie instead of like a mix. Prey is kind of like a mix. You know what? That's fair. I'll move to my number three. I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying yeah, I loved yeah. it. I, I like overall with all these movies, it would probably be number one. Cause I loved it a lot, but it's your franchise. Yeah. It's on every horror list. So yes, I know it is horror, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I just like to keep the first two pure, I guess. I mean, yeah. So essentially we just, the quick summary is Predator in the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's essentially well, Predator in the in the 1700s, 1700s, yes, yeah. late 1700s, um, but yeah. 1700s. Yeah, Predator in the 1700s with um, native peoples and uh, the encroaching colonizers. <laughs> yes, and as we discussed, this was you know our highlights. Is it it was a return to form because. Realistically, you know, Alien versus Predator are—they are what they are. The Predator was absolute garbage. Predators was great, right? But this felt the most like the first Predator. Correct. Uh just you know, I—I I think they did a lot of practical effects still, and it—it it was what the Predator franchise needed. That could be. It, it could be any timeline at this point in time. They really opened that up. That could just be different stories. It doesn't have to be you know, a continuation of anything. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, it's kind of like, uh, it's almost like Assassin's Creed to where yeah. it can be in any time period <laughs> with any kind of, of, of protagonist. You just, you know, but right. you can still fit it all into one mythos. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it was just a perfect return to form. I know they're talking about doing a sequel to it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Potentially. Well, just because I, I don't remember her name, but she was fantastic. In the role, the, the the protagonist. Yeah, the only other thing I had ever seen her in um, was in uh, what was uh, what was the name of that show? The one um, it was it was a Marvel show, Legion. Legion. Okay, she was in Legion. She was in Legion. She was like uh, there was like this one character that had he was like an old man, but he had like a, a young girl that lived inside his body, um, and she would like come out okay. and like fight because she was like the one who knew how to fight and stuff and she was like super strong and all that so she would like come out and fight and then when she was done she would like go back into his body 
All right, so reverse Monster Girl from Invincible. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's (laughs) odd. Um, but that was she was the girl that came out. Okay. But she only aged when she was outside of his body. That's why she was so much younger than him. Because she didn't come out that often. It is like a reverse monster girl from Invincible because every time she transformed, she got younger. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. But yeah, we you know definitely go back listen to our podcast. I can I, I'll link it into our our synopsis of this as well, so you can know exactly what number. Um, it's probably Predator Part Two. Yeah, it's definitely the second half of our Predator items. Um, but yeah, it was. I think we did Predator all in one episode. I don't think we broke them up. I think that was the one that taught us that we should. Yes, that, I'm that's pretty sure probably. That's, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Probably very accurate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we went hard on that, then we realized the alien had to be different to break those up. Right, that's the year. Yeah, so it was part. Yeah, Eat, Pray, Predator, mm-hmm. episode three. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. Well, since we have. Prey is number three on both of our lists. I'll let's go into I'll go into my number two next. And that movie is X. Um X was a you know earlier of this year release and it just kind of came out of nowhere. You know, I I you know we were like, okay, it's from director, you know, writer Ty West. And really didn't know that, you know, knew that name from then. And then he did when we were watching the VHS, he did some short stories for VHS franchise. So I recognized the name there. I'm like, okay, now I, this is a name I can look forward to, you know, watching a, a good horror name in the franchise. Um, so brief synopsis is uh, a group of people are, you know, a group of young people are renting out a barn house on a farm to shoot a porno. Uh, you know, we have the, you have the sleazy director casting guy. Um, you have, this is, I would say the second thing I've ever known Jenna Ortega from the first one being screamed for earlier this year. Um, now her, you know, she's blowing up in popularity and, you know, they're going to shoot a porno there. You know, they, they meet, uh, elderly couple who own the farmhouse. Like, what are you guys doing? Oh, we're just, I think he said we're just making a movie or just on vacation. Oh, yeah. They said they were making a movie. They they don't, they didn't tell him what kind of movie. Right. You know, it's like, okay, just stay out of our, just stay out of our stuff. You know, you you do this. You know, he had a shot, he had a shotgun just to show, just to make these people are coming to his farm that he realized who they were, all that stuff. Um, Now, this takes place in the 70s. And I'd say it is, a fantastic homage to the seventies feels of Texas Chainsaw, I Spit in Your Grave, and all those old, you know, exploitation films of the seventies. Um, so essentially, yeah, we see you know, you know, group of people. They're starting to make the porno. Um, you know, they have a couple actors, a camera guy, a sound girl played by Jenna Ortega, uh, the star who she thinks she's the star. Um, Maxine, played by I can't think of her name now. Uh, we'll talk more about her 
later in this list. Uh, but you see the, the elderly wife kind of sneaking in and watching them. Um, and she kills, I believe, the producer first. Like, he's, he goes into the bar and she, like, stabs him with a pitchfork. Uh, and then she goes and lures one of the other actresses out and shoves her into her lake and she gets eaten by an alligator. Um, essentially, yeah, the, the old couple is found out what's going on there and realize they don't like what they're doing, so they kind of go slash her on them. They, they start killing them off one by one. Uh, you know, they knocked out like Jenna Ortega or in the basement. She tries to escape and she gets her head essentially blown off. Um, you have a very creepy scene of the main girl in it. Um, and she's trying to, she's kind of the final girl at this point in time. And, you know, we have an awkward scene of her hiding in the old couple's house and they have sex on the bed while she's under it. And, you know, her just trying to escape, you know, the, the sound guy gets killed. Um, yeah, and just her trying to escape. And all the while you're talking, you, you know, on TV, they're watching a um, movie. Oh, Mia Goth is her name. Um, the actress's name. And, you know, talking about like a, a TV evangelist talking about the sins of the flesh and the world and all this stuff. And, you know, essentially, she, Mia Goth's character, Maxine, is able to escape. You know, she, um, you know, goes after the guy, tries killing her with a shotgun. Misses and kind of has a heart attack because he's pretty old at this point in time. Um, he's you know killed his wife while they're having sex. His heart's not made for this, and she eventually runs runs over Pearl's head with the van, and she's able to get away. And you you know kind of cuts back to that the preacher or, or TV evangelist is looking for his missing daughter, and it happens to be Maxine. Uh, you left out the part with uh, Kid Cudi's obvious like penis extension. Yeah, I, um, yeah. So like when you see, you only see him in silhouette. You don't actually see it, but you see him in silhouette, and his his dong is is hanging so low you can see it flopping when he's talking. Yes. So it's obviously a prosthetic there. I mean, I you know he was like the talent in the porno, so I kind of understand yeah. it, but it was just goofy. It's fun. Well, I mean, it's uh, you know the idea of the baby's arm. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and they're just alluding to that. But I mean, overall, like I said, it was in, in my mind, like this is the genre that Rob Zombie would have is his ideal, because that's what he loved. That would have been his ideal form. And I could see Rob Zombie doing something just like this. Yeah, no, that's fair. But you know, the the highlights, you know, good good practical effects, and it felt like it really felt like a movie from the seventies. It really did. Except you see all the gore and graphic details because, as previously stated, that you didn't really see all that stuff because budgetary reasons and you know video nasties of the seventies and eighties that we now became accustomed to. But seventies, a lot of stuff was cut away. Oh well, yeah, we were like yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now you look back on it and it's fairly tame. I mean, it's a standard slasher type movie, right? Right. Um, but at that time, it was like everyone was up in arms, you know. Yes. Look at all this horrible things happening. 
Yeah. And it was, it, like I said, it was a fantastic movie. Like, I watched it. I'm like, holy crap. Like, this felt like Texas Chainsaw or I Spent Your Grave or anything from that era. And done really, really well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I enjoyed it a great deal. I'm surprised they didn't make your list. Uh, well, there was just those other ones <laughs> that I liked better. That's fair. That's like fair. I said, I, it was uh, it was a hard time making the list because I mean, I wrote down, you know, I went to you know all the lists of right. all the horror movies, and I wrote down all the ones that I watched, and the list of my choices for top five was like. 12, Huge. 15 movies long. Right. I had to like yeah. try to decide which one's in there. And I just wrote down the ones I thought were good. I didn't write down all of them. <laughs> yes. I just wrote down the ones I thought were good. And it was, like I said, it's a good number. of them. Yeah. And, and I know you watched, you know, more because, because I'd been watching you sporadically throughout the year too. But, you know, we had a list of like kind of the big movies that we wanted to watch um, that everyone was raving about. And we did go back both Salem and I and, we do some of these movies and rewatch them that we missed from this year, especially from the stuff that came out during the podcast. Cause those four months were crammed with everything else. So we did miss some later of the year movies. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, yeah, you agree that's, that? yeah, that's yeah. totally fair. And that's, yeah, again, I went through like, you know, all the best of lists and, and made sure that I watched all of those to make sure that I saw <laughs> all the ones that, um, you know, had the buzz and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a few that I didn't get to, um, yeah. but at the, uh, these are all the ones that got the buzz. There are just some of them that I wanted to watch just because I thought they looked interesting and I didn't get to. Right. But. Yeah, I, I guess we should say you know this is this is these we haven't watched every movie in 2022 that's horror. Unfortunately, maybe we'll we're gonna try to do better in 2023 and be more mindful of that. So this wants to be a yearly thing that we do to start off the new year, the new season. And just a recap of our top five and bottom five. Yeah, I don't think we have to watch all of them because I mean, if you look yeah. at that list, I mean, half of those are like straight to video garbage. Well, we're not, that yeah, no most, of the, most of the VOD stuff we're probably not getting to unless they're part of a current franchise or existing director or stuff like that. Right. But we'll we'll be mindful of all that stuff going forward too, just to make sure we try to keep up on those as well. Uh, but what's your number two then for this? Uh, my number two is Barbarian. Okay. Um, I thought I thought it was fantastic. I mean, overall, um, I just the the, the plot real quick is um, it kind of takes a turn. It takes actually two turns. Um, as as the movie goes along, uh, but essentially there's this uh girl who gets like a uh Airbnb right. Yep. Um, and she's like goes to this like neighborhood in the middle of the night. It's super dark. Can't see anything. It's in Detroit. Obviously, the super dark, can't see anything, finds the house, um, goes to the house, um, tries to, to go, opens up, because a lot of those Airbnbs, they have, like, the key, like, the realtor key box outside. Yes, they do. Um, so, yeah, she opens it up, and the key isn't there. Um, so, she tries to call the people, uh, you know, they're not answering. She tries to call the Airbnb people. You know, they're telling her, oh, you know, try to call them. You'll see what's going on. Um, anyway, and it's, it's like raining and she's like, I don't know what to do. So she just kind of, but she sees like a light on inside. So she tries knocking on the door. Um, and, and a guy answers and he's like, Oh, Hey, you're like, you know, what, what can I help you with something? And she's like, yeah, this is my house. Like, this is my Airbnb. And he's like, Oh, I got it from this other site. Um, and she's like, Oh no, well, well, I, you know, I have Airbnb and she shows him the receipt. He shows her his receipt and you know, like they did, they, they double, double book. book. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, the guy is, is, uh, nice enough. Um, you know, she basically calls around to, um, 
other hotels and stuff. There's nothing available. Um, and so the guy offers, he's like, okay, well, you can stay here. Like, you know, I'll sleep on the couch. You can go in the bedroom that has a locking door. Like, he's very aware of, like, I know I'm some guy that you don't know. Um, you can go in there with, the, you know, the, the locked door and I'll stay out here on the couch and, you know, we'll just sleep and then we'll figure it out in the morning. Yeah. You know, because it's late, it's dark, it's raining. You know, there's nothing we can do right now. We'll just kind of uh, go there. Right. Um, so, yeah, they eventually, like at first, they just kind of go try to go their own separate ways. Neither one of them can sleep. So they kind of end up staying up and they talk and they realize they have a whole lot in common. Um, you know, they get along really well. Well, she's um, there to interview a guy who's gentrifying Detroit and he happens to be that guy. One of the guys. Of well, the yeah, he, yeah, he <laughs> works for this team of people that are doing things. So, yeah. yeah, he's he's looking through this, you know, urban decayed area, looking for other spots for their artist collective. And and she's there um, trying to interview people that are, you know, doing it. Yeah. Regentrifying. Uh, yeah. Detroit area. Yep. Um. Anyway. So, yeah, as, as things are going along, well, I should I should specify he, he's played by the same guy who played Pennywise from. So. Right, I, I, that you, uh, you immediately go, okay, something's not right with right. this guy. You immediately go, okay, he's been in and stop care. Right, like he's gonna be the villain. Like this guy, yes. he's almost always a villain. He's almost always a creepy, weird guy. Right, like something like oh, that absolutely. is gonna happen. Right, um, and so you're like, okay, well, this is leading up to something bad. This is leading up to something bad. Um, and so the next day. Uh, well, I, actually, yeah, they stay up, they get along, whatever. She goes have to sleep. Have some wine. Yeah, they have some wine. They go to sleep and, and everything is, is kind of okay. Um, you know, there's like a weird thing where she wakes up and her door was open and she thought she heard something. Um, and then she looks out and she sees him like having a weird nightmare in the front room. Like a night terror. Right. Yeah, like a night terror. And that's kind of weird, but whatever. But, you know, the, the night is okay. Yeah. Um, and they get off. She goes to like her, her job interview. Um, that she was going to, 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 you know, to be uh, a journalist or whatever. Um, he goes off and does whatever. Um, she comes back. Um, you know, they get along again and they're like, okay, you know, I'm going to stay, uh, you know, again or whatever, whatever. Like he's staying there for like a week or something. And she was yeah. just going back to like get her stuff, whatever. Um, and as she's going there, I don't, I honestly don't remember what happened, but she well, goes in the basement. A, well, there's, well, she gets, well, when she goes back, when she walks out in the morning, she realizes, that there's no other occupied house. It's all completely around. Yeah. You yeah and the, see at night in the rain. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. The whole like neighborhood is all urban decayed, like falling apart. Like, right. Bad. And there's and one and there's house a homeless guy. Right. This homeless guy is warning her like, don't go back in. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, but yeah, the homeless guy scared her. Like, you know, he was like banging on the door and windows. Like she had to like hide in the house. Yeah. Yeah. The guy right. was, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I know she's doing, what was she doing? Was she trying to do laundry or something? I don't remember. She was trying to do something. Um, and no, she ends the, up, our door kept opening. Well, that's, yeah, she but that was the door she, to the basement. Yes. And so I, she went down there for some reason. I don't remember why. Um, and, and then when it, and the door closed and she got stuck down there. Yeah. Um, so she was like searching through the basement, like trying to find a way out. And as she's searching around, she finds... Um, like a secret rope in the wall. A rope in a rope through a hole in the wall, like right. that's hidden by a shelf. Right. Yeah. So she pulls on the rope and it like opens up this secret door. Um, and she goes into the secret door and at the end of the hallway uh, is a room and it's like you know 
your typical creepy murder room. Like it's, you know, blank, <laughs> bare concrete walls. There's like a, an old, like rusty bed frame where there's like an old, like VHS camera on a tripod pointed at the bed. I mean, it's like super creepy, right? Yes. And she's like, okay, this is a good, she comes out, she realizes, um, <clears throat> Oh no, that's what, it, that's what it was. She couldn't find the dude. Right. Yeah. And she was looking for whatever. I don't remember all the exact things. But anyway, so she figures out there's another door at the end of this hallway. She opens up that door. There's like stairs that go down. Um, so, you know, she goes down those stairs. Um, I think at this point, I think she gets nervous and goes back. And then that's yes. when she meets up with the guy and the guy goes down there too. He goes down to look at it. Um, and then he kind of like stops answering her. Yeah. Um, and so she like goes down, she goes past the stairs, she goes into there and she sees there's like this long kind of like hallway there, but it's like super dark. Um, and as she's like going through trying to figure out what's going on, the guy shows back up and he's like freaking out. And she's like, what happened? And he's like, something bit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, something bit me. I don't know what's going on. Something happened. Um, and then like all of a sudden something grabs him. And like smashes him against the wall and like explodes hard. his head. Right. Yeah. And then it just, it's just like a hard cut. Yep. <laughs> and now we're like, Justin Long is now in a California. Yeah. yeah. He's a, basically a filmmaker that got me to, right. Um, yep. He was, he, he did, you know, basically date raped um, uh, the, like the, uh, one of the actresses he was working with or something, whatever it was. Yeah. He sexually assaulted someone else. He got kicked off of his own movie. Uh, and so now, of course, everything, all the other projects that he had are now gone, right? Yes, all his assets. Right. Deservedly so. So now he's like trying to figure out, okay, where am I going to get money to keep living on? Um, so he basically, uh, he owns this piece of property out in Detroit, this Airbnb property. So he goes out there to try to, he's going to sell it. Um, and he goes out there to like, you know, I guess measure the square footage and, and make like a listing to try to sell it. Yeah, uh, and he he goes there and basically finds the same hidden door. Well, I mean, <laughs> like, he goes in there, he sees suitcases. Well, yeah, he, he sees yeah. that obviously people were were staying there, so their stuff is still there. Um, but he, he finds the secret door like almost immediately. Yeah, uh, which is kind of funny, but yeah, in a minute we'll find out that yeah, this secret door had been there for years, decades, Fifth, at least fifty, <laughs> right? Years. And then no one ever found it, and now all of a sudden two people have found it in like less than a week. Right. Um, but anyway, so yeah, he goes into the secret room. He goes into the same place. He goes down the same stairs, uh, but he's got a flashlight with him this time. So we get to see a little bit more what's going on. Well, he's, he was, he's measuring. He's like, oh, sweet. Do these count as bedrooms? Right. Yeah. He's like <laughs> measuring square feet. Like all these hallways are going to be great for his square footage. Like, yeah, he doesn't yeah. understand. There's no fear yet. Correct. Um, so, so he sees like, yeah, there's like big open like spaces and rooms with like weird cages and shit. And he doesn't seem to care at all. No. I um, mean, just like continuing to look, he finds like this um, door. He looks in the door. There's it's like this weird room with like blankets and pillows all over the floor. Uh, and there's like an old like CRT, you know, TV VCR combo. <laughs> yeah. It's like playing uh, how to nurse your baby. Yeah. Something about, you know, yeah, nursing your, or like breastfeeding your baby or whatever. Uh, yeah. But it's playing and there's a light on and there's obviously there's power down here. Um, and so he's like trying to figure out like, you know, what's going on. He goes, you know, a little bit further and then, yeah, he basically gets attacked by this 
thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, I mean, that's a pretty good way to describe it. Obviously a lady, right. But it's yep. like a, it's like a, a backwoods, you know, hill folk version of a lady. Um, kind of got that like giant, like elongated arms, yeah, you know, freaky right. look going on anyway. So grabs him, throws him in a cage in the floor. Um, and in this cage, he finds the girl from the yep. beginning of the movie who had been in this cage for well, a week, two weeks, who knows? A week. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, at this point we see that, you know, the, the crazy, uh, you know, mom, we'll, we'll call her mom from now on. Yeah. So mom is trying to feed him with a bottle. On a stick. <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> and she's just saying like, just drink it, just drink it. Like, you know, she'll leave us alone if you just drink it. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's immediately starting things. Um, so anyway, yeah, they eventually um, figure out a way to get out of it. Um, they're kind of, uh, you know, going back and forth. I mean, I'm trying to remember where does it. Well, she take because he didn't want to take the bottle. Mom takes right. him and tries to breastfeed it. Right. So she leaves by doing that. She leaves the crate in the floor open. So the other, so the woman's able to get out. Right. I'm yeah. just saying, I don't remember when it did the, the other flashback. Uh, I think it's when he meets the guy. Okay. Yeah. I think, yeah. Or anyway. Yeah. So they're like, they're essentially like kind of escape from the clutches and they're like running through all these like tunnels under, underneath the place and stuff. Um, they eventually get to like, um, this area where the mom won't follow them. Like she like yeah. stops and like you know and turns around and like creeps back down the hallway. Um, and he goes into this room and it's like it looks like someone's like bedroom. There's like you know bookshelves yeah. and a bed and TV yep. and and you know all kinds of stuff. And they go in there and there's like this old man who's kind of like obviously very sick and bedridden, like laying in this bed. Um, and then they do like a weird cut back in time, so we're like now back in. What the eighties probably? So I'd say I would say eight seventies or eighties because the I'd bright say, colors, yeah, and like uh, a newly developed neighborhood. Yeah, that's like, why. Yeah, what I would suburbia. say seventies, eighties. Yeah, this is like a heyday of Detroit, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, everything looks like the, you know this night. You know, so instead of the urban decay, which it is now, it's not, it's like this nice kind of upscale suburban like neighborhood. gated community, almost. right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this guy is um. Like, yeah, he goes to the store and he buys a bunch of, like, plastic sheeting and the, and the videotape about breastfeeding and, and all this kind of stuff. Like, obviously showing that um, he is planning on having a baby in his house <laughs> in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Um, we basically find out that this guy is, uh, I guess, what do you call him, like a serial kidnapper? I mean, he had to have murdered a lot of them, too, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah. So he seriously he kidnaps and 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 murders women, and then sometimes um, keeps them alive long enough to have children breed, with them. to breed with them, yeah. right? Um, and then he kind of like leaves the children to their own devices, so the children end up like raising, and then he ends up like having sex with his own children, and then they have children, and anyway, at the end of this long train is why we get this creepy hill folk mom because she's like weirdly inbred and she's apparently the only one that's left yeah um so this guy is like you know basically dying of cancer or something um the dude he's got a bunch of like vcr tapes on the wall and they're all named like you know redhead from the gas station you know like weird names like that 
Um, and he plays a tape. Obviously, now he finds out that, yes, he is a murderer. You know, he's a, a kidnapper. Like, this guy is, is a bad news. Um, he, like, tries to, like, fight back. Um, but eventually he just gets killed. I believe, I believe he has a gun, right? I, believe I think he, gets he shoots his gun himself. And shoots. Oh, that's right. No, he, he does. He yeah. shoots himself. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then that's the end of that. So, um, and Justin Long goes back out and eventually gets uh, killed as well. Um, so then the girl, um, she manages to barely escape the house, um, but it's still technically during the day. Yeah. Um, and she you know, gets out of, of the house, you know, she escapes out and she meets up with the homeless guy. Um, or no, just, no, just, along just still no, we think he's, yeah. we think he's dead. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah, he shows back up and they go on top of like a water tower ish. Right. Yeah. Cause, Cause yeah, they're staying with the homeless guy at first. Um, yeah. Because he says, Oh, she doesn't come in here. Like she comes out of that house at night and goes through the neighborhood to get like, you know, supplies or whatever. Right. Um, but she won't come in my house. Um, and then she proceeds to just come in his house <laughs> yeah. and attack and, and the homeless guy dies. Yeah, they, it's like right next to a water tower. So they get up to the top of the water tower. Um, and then basically, you know, we see Justin Long uh, basically well, he, throw her at the mom to save right. himself. He's a, just a roaming douchebag. Right. And, yeah, they fall off and like mom cradles baby. So mom falls onto the ground first right. protecting her. Right. Yeah, right. And they think she's they think mom's dead. Just along comes down and then he gets his face ripped in half. Well, well not yeah, but not before you can see him with the same um basically the same excuses and, and self justification he gave to himself about the whole me too thing. Yep. He starts saying it about how he had to save himself and how he had to do that to her in order for for him to leave she was dead anyway blah 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 so yeah we definitely because up until this point i guess it was kind of up in the up air, in the, air yeah. the, the me too thing really happened around at this point you really see like no no this guy is a piece of shit like he yeah. did actually do all this stuff all the things that happened to him is deserved and then he gets killed and then everybody claps yep um and then yeah the end she survives yeah. mom dies just along that <laughs> yeah essentially she blows mom's like head off I right right yeah, I mean, uh, what you know? Why was this on your your list? Um, I just, I, I again, I liked the way it took like those two like hard turns. You know, so we're yeah. like, you think the movie's going in one direction. Um, obviously, you think that you know the Scars Guard is going to be the bad guy, right? Because um, he's creepy, right? And then like even even when he gets oh something bit me, you're like oh here it comes. He's gonna you know he's pretending, right? Right. <laughs> like something's gonna happen. And then when his head gets smashed in the wall, I was like that was very unexpected. I did not see that part coming. And then again, hard turn to Justin Wong, like a, a character we haven't even seen yet. Right. Um, and then yeah, he shows up at the house like, again, completely different character, completely different storyline. Um, ends up in the same place. And then again, it takes another hard turn where we see like this old dude back when he was younger in his like serial killing days yeah, back at the height of the neighborhood seeing that like, yeah, he built all this stuff under the house and because he, you know, liked his weird catacombs that he built, he stayed there, even though he was renting out the top house as an Airbnb or actually probably he's probably sold the house. Like nobody knew oh, yeah. about that place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then yeah, eventually. But again, like you expect some kind of showdown with that guy. No, he just shoots himself. 
Yep. It's just done. And again, it was just, there was a lot of different, um, you know, turns and, and pathways. And it was, again, it was all well done. I thought it was all fantastically shot. It was like, I mean, obviously the mom is extremely creepy looking. Yes. <laughs> um, the effects are really, really well done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, it, you feel it. And again, I just, I like the way it took all those hard turns and it was just, you know, a lot of unexpected fun stuff going on. It was good time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it was, it, this almost made my list. Um, just because of what it was like that is, you know, written by a comedian guy who was in the TV show wrecked, which was a parody of, uh, lost. <laughs> they had, uh, Reese Darby in it. And him and other people, sci-fi people, you know. But yeah, it was amazing that he wrote this. And this got a lot of buzz, I remember. And also that Justin Long was in it. I'm watching this movie, I'm like, okay, where's Justin Long? <laughs> right, again, yeah. It's, separate it's, movie. Right, yeah. It's like, again, it's just a hard cut, hard turn. <laughs> yeah. Something different. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a, a good, good movie for that. All right. So. Our number ones are the same. Yeah. We discussed this movie in episode 10. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and that is the Hellraiser sequel, remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, right? The new Hellraiser. It's not, not a remake, sorry. A reboot, requel, reimagining. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you just quick synopsis. Uh, it, it's, we, you know, it's a good return. You know, someone finds, you know, a rich guy finds this. The lament configuration tries to open it, um, and you know, like the lament configuration that was the in number two in hell, essentially comes down, and we kind of just fade to the next cast of characters. Right, we see something happen to them, and whatnot. Right, and essentially, we then follow then, you know, uh, a a woman who's part of her luck lives with her her brother and his boyfriend. Um, and just goes through some weird stuff. She finds they break into this guy's house, this rich guy's house, because he's supposedly been dead for like what twenty years or something like that. Um, she, they find the limit configuration, open it up, and just centibytes, and it becomes a typical—not I wouldn't say typical at this point in time, but a Hellraiser movie that really returned the form to Hellraiser. Um. And we do get a lot more lore into this. You know, they kind of get, you know, picked off one by one. They go to the house, which is essentially a giant lament configuration. Um, we introduced to a lot new Cenobites. Um, and instead of the priest or pinhead, we now have the priestess, you know, uh, played by a woman. Um, and, you know, they kind of go into the house and realize that one guy that she kind of likes that was, like, in rehab with her was kind of part of this. Uh, and, yeah, that the, the crazy rich guy was still alive, but he was also turning into a centibite. Like, he had the machine through his sternum that was huge that every, you know, so he would never stop not feel pain. It always twists his nerves in him or pull some strings so he's always in constant pain and realize that there's you know six different configurations limit configuration has to go through to finish the thing so he can get out of this suffering that he has 
Oh, um, yeah. It's like, yeah, essentially, when you go, yeah, there's all the different levels of configuration. And when you go to each level, you have to, like, kill somebody or make a sacrifice. Yes. And then when you get to the end, you basically get, like, a wish granted. But it's like a monkey's paw wish. So yeah, where, he like, wished you for have to power. be extremely careful, right? He wished for, what, power? Yeah. Because, I, yeah, I think you can wish for... um one of the other configurations because the configurations mean something so you wish for power revival you know right she's like i can wish for my brother to be alive again right yeah so i mean yeah essentially that's what it what is going to but yeah so the first time he chose like sensation or whatever it is oh yeah yeah and then that was like okay here you go now you have this giant typewriter attached to you that constantly winds your nerves up so you're like constantly in pain that's technically new sensations right Yep, constant sensation. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's fantastic movie. I mean, again, I thought the last Hellraiser movie was pretty good, um, but obviously it's not as good as this one. Right. I mean, we had a lot of really bad Hellraisers in between there. I mean, we had what, yes. like five terrible ones? Yeah, six. I mean. No, well, five, five terrible ones. Yeah, and then ones that were terrible for being Hellraiser and terrible for their bad movies that tacked on Hellraiser to them. Right. Yeah. But this is, this is like a movie that was definitely written as a Hellraiser movie. Um, definitely expanded a lot on the original, you know, uh, lore and everything without, with also honoring, you know, the, what came before. I mean, again, it's, it was just yeah. very, very well done. Uh, very, very cool. I mean, all the things that made Hellraiser cool, they just kind of expanded on, um, and made interesting things and all kinds of callbacks and, and everything. And I thought it was, I thought it was great. So, I mean, I hope they move forward with that. I'm pretty sure. I think I heard they were making another one. Yes. Yes, they are. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a great place to move forward from. I mean, it's it's great that it gets, you know, the uh, the talent and the, the budget that it deserves to be done well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I know, I think, yeah, I think Clive Barker came back as yes. a producer. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. He didn't do anything major. But, yeah, he was back as a producer. I think he had hand in some kind of hand in the writing of it. Right. I mean, this is in the top three Hellraiser movies. One and two are also in there, and then the rest are where they are. <laughs> right. No, yeah, definitely. And, and uh, again, that's, um, again, it, it's great that, it, you know, it's getting, you know, the reboot, what's still respecting what came before. Um, but yeah, now they can right. move forward and they don't have to worry about the stuff in the past. They can do their new thing now. And it's, it's yep. great. And Hellraiser is the kind of franchise that you can do that with. Because, yeah, Pinhead, although he was um, the main face of the franchise, he doesn't have to be. Right. They've it always shown be, that there's other Cenobites that right. exist yeah, in there, the world. There's always been. They just weren't the lead ones. So now we right. have a and, new one. That's it. Right. And there was probably a Pinhead before Pinhead because he right. was only around for, you know, of the well, hundreds yeah, he of be, years well, he became, configuration was. Well, he yeah. became Pinhead in World War One. Right. He became the priest. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's only been around for 100 years, and they're considering that – uh, the box was made in the 1700s. 1700s. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there had to have been several before him. Yes. But also time doesn't exist in hell. I mean. Because he's, he, you know, number four, he knew the, the queen that was missing for hundreds of years in hell. The princess. Yeah, I guess that's, that's the true. demon they trapped in the body with, with uh, uh, Adam. Right. So yeah, but no, this is this was what this franchise needed, and we had sat down and watched the previous ten all in a row, <laughs> you know, or previous nine, and then this one, oh yeah, ten, 
and then this one, and this was a perfect return to form. This was what Hellraiser should have continued to have been. And it was a fantastic way to move forward with the franchise. And he said, you know, Easter eggs, other stuff, like I said, you know, the limited configuration that was like the diamond was the diamond that was in hell. Um, you know, the dagger wasn't shape as well. So, I mean, it was all it tied together nicely mm-hmm. and just made Hellraiser Hellraiser again. And here's where you and I have discussed before, even off off podcast, is our our liking of these movies versus people's Rotten Tomato scores. Like this got bombed on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm not surprised. Again, it's it's all the the horror purist people. Um, if they if they change something that they think is holy, um, they will review bomb it. I mean, because those I mean those are just the kind of people you know. They always kind of band together, and they always you know have their people. And again, it's it's a very vocal minority. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, so yeah, they they take up a tiny percentage of the fan base, but they're so loud that everyone assumes yeah. that's what the entire fan base is. Um, and it's, I mean, so many other movies have done the same thing. And we discussed it a little bit. When we we're talking about Halloween and the Rob, Holly you know, Rob zombie Halloween thing right. where all the horror purists, you know, crapped all over it because again, they, they gave him a backstory and he didn't originally have a backstory. Therefore it's terrible. Um, it's right. the same kind of thing, you know. Oh, Pinhead is is the leader of the Cenobites. He always has been. He always will be. And now that we have somebody else in there, it's terrible. Which, again, if you watch the movie, it's fantastic. Yes, I, I don't under I don't understand. I mean, <laughs> he yeah, wasn't. I mean, he, there was you know a couple of the movies he wasn't even in. Right. And and you know I we've always discussed this well for for years now that you know I'm kind of a, a horror movie purist at times. Don't deny that. Never denied it. But I think as as looking over the reviews and ratings of these things, I re- I'm beginning to realize like I'm not. I'm closer to your side of things than the like what we're calling the pure side of things at this point. You know, especially as we're rewatching the Rob Zombie stuff. All right, yeah. When 2008, what did I not like it? Yeah, but rewatching it, you know, 14 years later, I realized it's a better movie than what it was. Yeah, and but but again, there's just a lot of people. Um, and again, there's a lot of crossover. I mean, you know, because I play a lot of games too. Um, yeah, and they're just the same people. You know, they're very vocal minority that talk about just you know crazy stuff in in games. There's one little thing that they don't like, and they get all up in arms. You know, even though again, these are the creative people that made the games. Right, this is the company that owns the IP. They trust those people to make stories just like. They trust the Hellraiser people, you know, that whoever owns the IP of Hellraiser trusted these people to make a new version of it, right? Right. So whether you like it or not, this is the franchise. This is where it's going. I mean, again, if you like it, great. If you don't, don't. I mean, but if you don't go out of your way to like, you know, try to game the system to make it look worse than it is. It's I hate yeah. that I do that. You know, or you know, games that, you know, they get upsetting or whatever, and you look on um you know, like Metacritic and like the yes. user user, you know, score will be like zero because there's like right. 3000 zero ratings. Yeah. And it's like over something stupid. Like, you know, um, I mean, sometimes it's, I wouldn't say it's deserved, but I understand it. Like with the whole battlefield two thing, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, when you found yes. out you'd have to, you know, you'd have to play the game for thousands of hours to get the stuff without buying it. Or yeah. Or you use real world pay the win. Right. Yeah. And again, like those are like missteps. I mean, it could, so bad that the company walked it back. You know, they had to. 
you know, that that's again, yeah. I understand why you're upset, but you know, little things, you know, to where you're like, Oh, don't put your politics in my game. It's like, okay, that stuff doesn't make any sense, man. The world is politics. If you want real story, if you want games to be taken seriously as an art form, you have to have real stories. You have to have some form of politics, you know, people are people, right? Yeah. If you want real stories to be in there, if you want realistic characters, they have to have realistic beliefs and stuff. I mean, the, the most recent it. example would be Last of Us Part Two, right? Um, again, you know, it's like well, I don't want to ruin it for people, but um, yeah, <laughs> something happens that they don't agree with, and then they try to tell the you know the guy who wrote everything, who was a major creative force behind it, they try to tell him what he should have done. Like that's not yeah. your choice, man. That's this not, is only number two, right? I was like, that's <laughs> not your choice. The game is fantastic. I mean, if if you look at what the game is trying to tell you. It's trying to tell you, like, what is, you know, if you go on this quest for vengeance, what does it do? Like, what does it do for you in the end? Yeah. Right? It ends up screwing you. Okay? And yep. that's exactly what happens. These people that go on these quests for vengeance to try to get back at someone for, you know, slights that were made against them, what happens when they, you know, fulfill those things? Nothing. Yeah. You know, they become hollow and empty and, you know, versions of themselves, and they they lose everything that they love. And I think... Again, I, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I could bring up metaphors in, but I don't want to ruin parts of the game. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, but like I said, it's just you know. So let's, once again, grain of salt. These are these are our opinions, obviously, for the top five that we. No, these are facts. <laughs> yes, yes. Hellraiser, the best movie of 2020. <laughs> there you go. Let's let's start the nominees. We'll get some Snyder bots on here and <laughs> right. All right. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah, the bottom five. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time. No. On these, so I don't like them. So we're going to no. keep it shorter. Uh, we can just pretty much these. we can pretty much say what we didn't like about them. Yeah, that's fair. And if you want, you know, for our listeners and anyone else, you know, we'll, say, we'll give you our list. You agree with us? You don't agree with us? That's your opinion and your your right to have it. <laughs> yes. You know, everyone and, has yeah. the right to your own opinion. Right, and you know we disagree on things on our own podcast with each other sometimes, and that's okay. That was makes great banter, makes great content. So I I like bearing opinions and be able to have a civil conversation about it. This is why we do. Well, yeah, that's well, that's the thing. Well, I mean, that's another why we do it. uh, Yeah, another thing that's wrong with with discourse in the world today is that. People like, you know, they get in their echo chambers and they, you know, they think that they're right and they don't want to hear any other sides, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the other side may be wrong, but you have to hear them. You have to understand where that's coming from in order to try to talk to them about it. If you just, if you just scream in their face that they're wrong, they're never going to listen to you. In fact, you're probably making them more positive that they're right. Yeah. By you doing and, that. But if you understand where they come from and then truly try to have a real conversation about what their genuine, you know, fears or reasoning is behind believing that, that's when you can have a real right. conversation. Yeah, and we never try to shame the people who like it. We just shame the movies that we don't like. Oh, right, yeah. I mean that's that's fine. Yeah, if you want to have a discussion to me about why these top you know, bottom five are not bad and they're actually good, that's great. Fine. Okay, yeah. I'll have that conversation. I don't yeah. believe you, but I don't. I don't think anyone's disagree with our number one. But. No, no, <laughs> except for the guys who made it, maybe. Oh, well, maybe. All right, so let's get into your number five, bottom five. We're counting from the fifth worst to counting up to the worst of twenty twenty two. 
Okay. Um, okay. So five counting up to one, one being the worst, five being yes. the least worst. Um, right. My number five would be The Killing Tree, which we just went over a couple episodes yeah. ago. Yep. Um, again, it wasn't. It came out this year. I mean, was there other Christmas movies that were worse? Yes, yes. <laughs> but they didn't come out this year. Um, so this one, it came out this year, and again, I I didn't necessarily dislike this movie. It wasn't it wasn't great. It wasn't good. I don't want to watch it again. But I don't I don't I wasn't upset that I watched it. But um, there was a lot of movies that came out this year, um, and most of them worked pretty good. Um, this one is just again, you look at that long list of the movies that I watched, and I have to. <laughs> <laughs> kind of weed out the ones that I like the least, and this one ended up on the bottom five. Well, I mean, in, in fairness, too, for this list, I know we we both had a hard time trying to find five bottom ones. Yeah, I mean, we were originally just talking to doing a three because we couldn't right. find them. And then I watched <laughs> a bunch <laughs> of movies on, on New Year's Eve, and I was like, wow, no, there are some bad ones. I can get, I can do five. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, yeah but I mean, yeah, before uh, I watched some of these movies that are on this list, I really thought we were going to have to do a, a bottom three because I couldn't. Right. I was like, I don't see enough that I would consider bad. Yeah. Um, You've watched bad movies this year. Oh, yeah. From this I've, year. I, I've watched plenty <laughs> of bad movies this year, but again, they're not from 2022. So. Right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Killing Tree is uh, yeah uh, just a couple episodes ago. But yeah, Evil Christmas Tree brought back by magic ritual that kills people that they perceive as the reason yep. why they died or, or yep. whatever. Yeah. And on that, and on that object comes life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we are, we already went over this a couple episodes ago, <laughs> yep. but yes, the effects are horrible. The CGI is very bad. Um, again, uh, the, the ridiculous, you know, guy in a tree suit was funny <laughs> enough. That, that part, you know, I won't even, I won't even take off points for that. It was funny. Right. But yeah. The CGI was just so, so oh, bad awful none awful. of the kills were even on screen it was just like cgi blood splatter i mean it was like very lazily done yep i don't disagree <laughs> this was this was close to being on the list right um yeah so that's fair uh my number five i don't think you watched it. you don't think you had a chance to watch it this year fire starter no because when it came out, I told you don't watch it. Well, yeah, I can. I mean, I kind of saw this one coming. You know, like I was like, why? One, why are you redoing Firestarter? Like everybody knows the original Firestarter. That was like Drew yes. Barrymore, right? Everybody yep. knows that movie. Why would you bother rebuilding? Like, especially Drew Barrymore is like still popular. <laughs> like, yes, she's still around all the time. Like, how did? How can you forget where she started? Uh, right. I, I don't get why they did it. But two. Uh, yeah, I saw who they had in the movie, and I was like, I haven't seen anything from them yet that I thought was like, oh, that's good. And that person means Zach Efron. Correct. <laughs> okay. No, yeah. he's been good in only one thing. Baywatch. And that was Firefly. <laughs> okay. Because he was like, I don't know, 10 years old. Yeah. And it's Firefly. Well, he played, and no he one played the young wrong. version of, right? He played the young version of Simon Tam, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's um, the only thing but, I, yeah. he's been. In. I mean, there's been some things he's been okay in, but nothing I've been like, hmm, that was good. Good job, Zach. Yeah. Never, <laughs> right. Not yet. He wasn't so. bad in Neighbors. Uh, I did not watch that. One and two. Um, but for me, you know, you and I read a lot of Stephen King. Yes. And I don't think, like, it's okay. Like, with it, it was 
truer to the story. It it told the 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 story separate, and it was a good remake or adaptation of the novel. It didn't try to be the the TV miniseries in nineteen ninety. Right, right. This was just pretty much a rehash of Firestarter in what nineteen eighty five or something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. 84, 85. Right. Around to your favorite movie, E.T. Uh. Um, <laughs> but I go, this was completely unnecessary. It didn't add anything from the book that I can recall. It was a completely unnecessary remake. It is as unnecessary as Vince Vaughn's Psycho. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if it was truer to the book, sure, okay, I can see a re- reason for the remake, because Stephen King movies are notorious for not being close to the books, unfortunately. And we will get to Stephen King's movies at some point in time. Um, I don't know if we're going to read the books first or not, just to go on that wrath. But yeah, I just found this to be a completely unnecessary remake. I watched it, and I go, I didn't care to watch it. I, <laughs> I really didn't. <laughs> it served no purpose in my mind. So that's why it's on my list of, at number five. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't goodness. watch it, and I don't think I ever will, and that's okay. Oh, I'm uh, happy, okay we're, we're probably going to, unfortunately. Nope. We'll probably have to watch this again. Not happen. <laughs> uh, I'll lie and say that. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no. You remember when Drew Barrymore blew up her mouth? <laughs> yeah, well, if, if we get there, we get there, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, do you want me to move yeah. on? My next so one? Let's go on your number okay. four. Number four uh, is Don't Worry Darling. Um, I, again, I don't know if it's technically a horror movie. It shows up on all the horror movie lists. Um, so I'm going to call it a horror movie. I just did not like it. So I'm going to put it on this list because it's very easy for me to put on this list. Um, there's, uh, there's a lot of things going on. I mean, in this movie, one, uh, Shia LaBeouf, I like him a lot. Uh, he's, he's goofy and crazy, but he, he plays likable characters in movies. And I, and I generally like watching movies that he's in. Yeah. Um, he was the original lead in this movie, and there's yeah. like all kinds of weird controversy. Did he get fired? Oh. Did he quit? What happened? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, yeah, Olivia Wilde and him both say two different things. Yep. And, th- and now they won't say which one is right, and then it's, it's just done anyway. Goofy controversy, all that kind of stuff, right? So Olivia Wilde directed it, and then what does she do? Since Shia LaBeouf got you know quit, fired, disappeared, whatever, she puts her boyfriend at the time in the movie, Harry Styles, who can't yep. act. For shit, correct. He we already saw that. Horrible. In the brief, we already saw that brief appearance in Eternals, and worst acting the entire movie. Oh my yeah. god! I mean, he is so it's so bad. And Florence Pugh is is great. She's she's great in just about everything that she's been in. She's fantastic in this. Movie. Oh, you love Florence Pugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like her a lot. Chris Pine, fantastic. He was awesome in this yeah. movie. Olivia um, Wilde has been done some a couple horror movies and been great. Yeah, no, she was great in this movie too. It's just that Harry Styles, every scene <laughs> he is in, it's just like he just sucks the life out of it. I mean, you know, when there's scenes that like you know are between like Florence Pugh and Chris Pine, like they're great scenes. You know, like they're yeah. they're playing off each other and the acting is is well. It's done well. Olivia Wilde's character, she's not in the movie a whole lot, but she's in it enough to where it's like okay, you know, she's doing a good job. Um, and again, the storyline is you know. Uh, kind of predictable i mean you know you don't know the exact method of how these things are happening but you pretty much guess what's happening i mean i've watched half of it and 
the wife looked it up, and I go, "Am I right?" She goes, "Yeah." I go, "Okay." Yeah, like, I mean, I yeah, would guess that. I pretty much knew what was going on. You know, it's uh, at, at some point in the movie. It's I, essentially I, it's it's a I, I would just say a modern Stepford Wives. Yeah, yeah, kind of sort of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's it, interesting. I like the the kind of twist that they put on it. Like it's this weird kind of like right alpha male alt yeah, right right yeah spin right. to it. Um, but I mean, again, it was it was it was okay. I mean, it wasn't great. It's just that Harry Styles is supposed to be like the protagonist of the film, right? Um, well, protagonist until a certain point where it twists. But with him, you don't get that twist really, like because he's so fucking shitty at acting. <laughs> that like you 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 just hate him the whole time. So it's like when you find out what's really going on, like I couldn't hate him any more than I already did at that point. So like it, that right. twist meant nothing to me. And how do you feel? How do you feel about the ending with what she was Olivia Wilde was striving for? Do you feel she was counterproductive to her own message? Um, the whole feminist movement part of it. I mean. I don't, that wasn't really a part of it. I mean, I, it was more of like, you know, this is what some of these people say that they want. Here right. is a possible way that they could get it. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's, and again, it just, it, it they didn't, I, the politics issue, I don't felt was pushed hard, too hard. I don't think it was pushed to the point where I got upset. It wasn't 2019 Black Christmas level. Uh, you know, of, of like, you know, just push the politics to the maximum for no reason whatsoever. I mean, it was definitely there. I'm not going to say it wasn't there, but that wasn't the point of it. That wasn't the main focus. Right. Um, again, it was there. It was definitely a part of it. Um, I mean, yeah, it showed up a little bit at the end. But again, they didn't like have that cheesy. They usually have some stupid, cheesy line. Um Yeah. You know, or it's like it's just completely unnecessary, and they put it in there like trying to grab for an audience. You know, it's I don't yeah. know. I'd, I'd like you know, it's like you watch them sometimes, and you're like, okay, yeah, this is the scene in the movie theater where people go, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you 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 tell it like it is or whatever. You know, it's some stupid yeah. line which is very cringy, and it's like, oh, why do you have to do that stuff? Why do you have to ruin it with that? Um, but yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't that moment in this. It was just okay. basically just ruined by Harry Styles' acting. <laughs> this is essentially what it was. It was I like, mean, again, it, it, a lot of this hinged on his acting. Right. Um, and like, I'll, I'll give you a, an example. There's a scene where he's like, goes up on stage and dances. There's no explanation as to why he goes up and dances there. I think they just did that because he like knows how to dance and they needed him to do something. And that's all he knew how to do. Or something, I guess. So he goes up there and he's like dancing. So Chris Pine is like, you know, talking to other people and like giving this speech and like Harry Styles is like dancing behind him. Um, And that's like all he does. He just flails around and he keeps doing the same dance move over and over and over again. Uh, (laughs) That's his his boy band days. Right. I'm like, what (laughs) is going on? Like, what is the point of this? And again, Chris Pine. Great. Florence Pugh. Great. Yeah. Olivia Wilde was great. Harry Styles was just terrible, and he basically ruined that movie. And again, all the goofy controversy that happened around that movie was not handled well. No. Um, That was not handled well at all. It was this huge, big explosion. Apparently, that probably drove it to do well, because it did well. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot of that controversy did well. But again, like, you know, moving forward, I don't know 
how likely Olivia Wilde is going to be to to continue working if if it seems like it's that difficult to work with her. I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's her. I don't know what it is. Yeah, this thing, you know, it, it's not going to have a a good um reputation moving forward. That's Correct. All. It's gonna it's gonna taint. Right, but yeah, a terrible movie. Harry Styles acting is bad. Um, if if Harry Styles' acting wasn't as bad as it was, and, and like a decent actor like Shia LaBeouf was in it, I think it would have been much much better. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so yeah, my number four, which I'm surprised was not on your list, probably pretty close to it. Uh, choose or die. This it was on my list <laughs> before I watched. Uh, <laughs> Three of the other movies that are on this list. <laughs> I watched them all in the same day. Um, but yeah, it was on the list until that point, and then they it got bumped down. It's probably number six, truthfully. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So choose or die. The the premise is essentially is that someone wrote a game for the it was the Odyssey two. Guy obsessed with the eighties. He was one of the Knights Watch uh Game of Thrones. And essentially, you know, uh, was it as a Butterfield's in this? And they're essentially playing like a new version of this, you know, choose or die adventure game where you have to do things. If you don't do it, you die or someone gets hurt around you. Um, now, to me, the idea was like a Black Mirror episode. Like right. the idea that could have gone with this would have been like a perfect Black Mirror episode. The execution, awful. <laughs> yeah just sure. awful and especially like that scene of you know did he die or not it was like you know throwing up the vhs film and then sucking it back up and just forward and reverse forward and reverse and like the guy who survived because he did everything they said to do and they had to be like a final boss battle and like they couldn't whatever they did to each other would affect the other one which we see in so many things like, you know, you can't hurt them. Whatever you do to me gets back, pushed back to you. And then you're like, oh, I got to hurt myself to do it. I said, just like the, the idea behind it was great. The acting execution was awful. Yeah, no, it was it was one of those movies where it was fun for like the first half of the movie. It yeah. was interesting. And then like the second half, it just fell apart. It just fell into like all this goofy nonsense. Like, I don't know what they were trying to do, but yeah, it just fell apart. Right. And like the guy in the room talking to like you. Eating his hat or jacket, whatever the hell it was, or wallet. Yeah, it, it was just like the the idea, great execution, awful. That's all I can really say about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, I'd like to see someone else take that premise and do something else with it. Maybe maybe, maybe Charlie Closer will. Or is that, what's his name, Charlie from uh, Black Mirror. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to see him do it or someone else do it. But you know, it had you know they try to do the, like the feel nostalgia feels of eighties versus the new you know the new game. And we played those you know games where you just had to you know go north, you know go left. Don't know what left is <laughs> type <laughs> crap. <laughs> right. We're old enough that we know those games. So yeah, like I said, you said that was probably your number six. Probably. I, I had to bump it up on this list. Just I'm like, this is this has to be on the list. Yeah, like I said, when I when I, we were still working out of a bottom three, this was number three <laughs> on the yeah. list. And then I watched three other terrible movies, and they got bumped up. So yeah, this one's at number six. 
Yes, you can tell one of these movies I watched very recently too, and they got put on this. All right. All right. So let's get into your number three then. Yep. Uh, My number three is bodies, bodies, bodies. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it seemed like the movie was okay. I mean, it wasn't great, but it was fun-ish, right? Until yeah. about the middle point. I would say, because, yep. I mean, Lee Pace, I love Lee Pace. Lee Pace is awesome. Yeah. Uh, he is not Rather in this movie accuser. for very long. And I would say very soon after Lee Pace dies, the movie just turns. Dies with it. <laughs> yeah, it basically just goes uh, off the rails, and I don't understand what's happening. Um, it basically starts off like, a, you know, they're a hurricane party. They're, you know playing games and getting drunk and whatever um and they play a game where they're like pretending to be dead and then pretending to like uh, whatever yeah it's the game's called bodies 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 yeah again it doesn't make it it doesn't even make any sense they don't even follow their own rules whatever murder mystery yeah so people people start dying um uh, you know and then they're trying to figure out who did it um and yeah then they they kind of blame like lee pace because you know he's like uh, the adult right <laughs> old well yeah old being <laughs> for them yeah right yeah so they like they yeah they kill him and then again like after he dies and they're all like there's this scene where they're in this room and they're all like just trying to figure out like who uh, did what to who and who has motive to like kill other people right. and blah 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 i mean it, that feels like this scene goes on forever i want to say it's like 30 minutes long it's probably not it just feels like it's that long <laughs> um and this scene is just so badly done <laughs> that yes. like you hate everyone like i didn't like anybody except for lee pace in the beginning because they all kind of seemed shitty Yushi. people to me like Yushi. all of yeah. them all of yes. them did yes um, and after this scene, I actively despised everyone. <laughs> I hated all of them. I was like, you people are terrible people. You deserve everything you get. Yes. Um, and yeah, and just, yeah, the reveal at the end was just stupid. It was just, it was, again, it just felt like a pulled punch, you know? It was yeah. just like a very unsatisfying ending. And it was just, again, and, and, and it felt like, you know what I mean? Like, I could feel the writer going, ha, 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 you know, at the end of that movie. Like, I got you. Right. He's that like, you are not caused from someone being stupid. Right. Like, you are not good at this. <laughs> you are no. not a good writer, although I know you think you are, because I can feel it coming off of this movie. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it's just not good. I, I actively hated every character. And, you know, yes. I mean, some movies are done that way. And again, the first half is like a, a, a comedy. Like it's what like cl- what a clue, but horror. right, yeah. But it's like it's a comedy. Like yeah, people die, but it's still like funny-ish, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the reactions and stuff are funny until we get to Lee Pace's dead, until we get to that scene where they're all like blaming each other, and then it all of a sudden takes this extremely serious turn. Yes. Um, where it just yeah, it, it, like and then uh, from then it, there's no humor, there's no like soul to the movie after that. It just all leaves. And it, I don't the, know. Yeah, until the just, last scene, they watch the cell phone. Clip. Right, and the, the, the last fo- scene, and then they like they try to go back to the 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 comedy ish, and yes. it's like you killed it. It's gone. Like you it's can't dead. try to put anything back in this. You know. Correct. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 not good. I was very very upset. <laughs> yeah, people, the ratings reviewers love this movie. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, I it's got to be either. young people like liking the party vibe or something. I don't. Maybe. I don't understand. Maybe I'm too old. 
I mean, okay, yes, I'm like eight years older than these people, but still, I didn't enjoy it. Again, I can enjoy movies with modern people and modern sensibilities and all that kind of stuff. I've had no problem with that. It's just this is it's not done well. Correct. Um, yeah, and, and again, Lee Pace, like one of my favorite actors, is is not treated well in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, it. Again, yeah, there's just a lot of things going against it. I did not like it at all. That's fair. All right, so my number three is your number two. Yes. I So here's the funny part, right? So we'll say what it is. It's Pearl, the sequel to X. Well, prequel. X is prequel, but yes, it's it was filmed at the same time as X. X is in my top five. Pearl is in my bottom five. And maybe I didn't know what it was like to be a young German girl who has a hillbilly accent raised in Louisiana or Texas, wherever the hell they were in the year 1919. Maybe I didn't get it because of that. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, yeah, man, I don't, I don't know. This movie, it, for being, you know, sequel prequel to X, right? Which was amazing. Right. You'd think it would like have the same vibe, right? Or at least not like, even close. Yeah. The same, like uh, a general plot outline, you know, as, as most sequels do, like, you know, like similar stuff. They try yeah. to get like, what do they do in sequels? They try to go like bigger and better, right? Yeah. You know, bigger, louder, scarier, whatever it is. And this like goes the complete opposite way to where like, 90% of this movie is like a coming of age movie of like a girl coming to terms with having to live on a farm with her overbearing mother yes. and her dreams of being a celebrity dancer or actress and like her, you know, wanting and, and, you know, the dreams of this girl. <sighs> until we get to that point again, that's 90% of this movie. Yes. Like we don't get anything interesting happening until I would say what probably two thirds of the way through the movie yeah. is when the first like interesting thing happens, and then again yep. it, it goes away for another fifteen twenty minutes, and then it comes back to the the next interesting thing. Yes, um, yeah, it is. It is just very badly done, especially after watching X and you're expecting something, and this is not great. It. Yeah, no. And, like, okay, 90% is the coming of age. 2% is the social commentary of the Spanish flu where people are wearing masks. I appreciate that touch because we all know during the whole COVID that people are, like, you know, people in 1919 didn't fully understand germs and bacteria and viruses and knew to cover their face. And then we didn't, you know, the, the, well, it's, the, it's also, the play yeah, on that. Well, yeah. back then, they still trusted the government. Not well, with all things, but when it came to, like, Hey, wear a mask. Yeah. It'll prevent you from getting sick. And people would and be like, dying. okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, and maybe in my family, because, you know, I had a great grandfather that died from the Spanish flu in 1918. So, you know, it is known in our family history of, of that. It happened in our family. That pandemic happened. And we know people that died from it. I mean, not no one, no, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was just kind of like a where'd she get the alligator from? Why she kill people? And how, why is Howard okay with it? That's and her dancing dreams that Pearl had in X and the explanation for all that stuff. 
That's yeah, but it. I mean, yeah, most of these things are not even answered. No. Um, and again, all. like I said, there's just so much of this movie that's really just like a, a farm girl coming to terms with the reality of, of being a star and leaving yeah. this rural world for the rich life of the city. Yes. It's like that's what 90% of this movie is, and it's not yeah. even done well. But I, maybe I mean, it's not my kind of movie. So it's like it's not the kind of movie I want to watch. And like the the tiny little horror aspect that exists is is very oversold by the descriptions and the genres and everything. Um, she sets her mom on fire. She suffocates her dad. She stabs a guy with a pitchfork, and she t- hits someone with an axe. Yeah. Nothing mind-blowing or even tension that we had an axe. It was, well, it's, she doesn't even set her mom on fire on purpose. Right. Like that just happens. And then she doesn't do anything about it. And then she right. throws she just, her in the basement. She snaps and, and that's it. And then she goes on to really, really long tirades. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like, but that, that interesting thing of like her mom catching on fire doesn't happen until like two thirds of the way through the movie. Right. You and, know, then, you, and, yeah, and then she's like trying to like, you know, live her dreams and they'll end right. up like for another 15, 20 minutes before she finally, you know, crashes down and realizes it's not going to happen. And then she kills everybody else. I, I was watching, I watched it in two pieces and I stopped it probably with like 30 minutes left. I'm watching the second half. I go, I, I'm looking at like the timer, like 10 minutes left. Like, all right, is something going to happen at some point? There's only 10 minutes left of the movie. Right. That's, That's what I was saying. Like, like, yeah, I was like sitting there like, man, I've been watching this movie for like over an hour and nothing has happened. Yeah. Like nothing is happening. It's not even a slow burn. It's not even no, a slow burn. No. Like I said, it's it's like again, when things do happen that are interesting, they're so empty. It's yeah. Like it's not even worth it. You're like, uh. And you can have something like Halloween that you know, you have the first murder in the beginning minutes of the movie, and no one dies for forty five minutes in Halloween on screen. But it's a slow burn. Right. That's how you do the slow burn, the tension build up. Yeah. yeah Everything well, like that. Yeah. You're building suspense. You know, there's, yeah. you know, things like, oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Like, when is he going to do it? You know, while you're learning right. who these characters are. Yeah. This is like, you're all learning about her hopes and dreams and stuff. It's like, okay, well, like, get to the horror part. Like, you know, like, X didn't play like these kind of games. Why are we playing them now? Right. And so I don't know how excited I am for Maxine. That's coming out in 2023. The the third movie of this. Is it going to be another She's, prequel? No, it's good. Her she played Maxine. Mia Goth played Maxine, and oh, she played okay. Pearl in the first one. And this is what happens to Maxine after X. Yeah, I don't know. I don't if, know how if it's going to be another story it. like this of like her. Yeah, well, it's probably going to be like a Boogie Nights, where it's like we get to yeah. see the inside fictional world of the porn industry in the seventies. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're going to do a heavier deep dive into this because this movie has come out in 23 that we're going to do. So we'll touch base more into these and go into our deep dives into this trilogy when it comes out. So I'm not going to watch Pearl again. No, I don't want to either. I'll watch X and Maxine again, but I'm not watching Pearl again. But yes, this was your number two. Um, Anything else to add to that conversation about why it's... Number two on your list? No, just bad. 
<laughs> well, again, I, again, it just—I think it strays way too far from X. I mean, because you look at the advertising, you look at all that stuff, and it all says it's like, oh, this is this, you know, this is X. This is just like X. It's the sequel, prequel, whatever. It's you the know? unnerving sequel yeah. of right. X, exactly. And then you watch it, and it just—it is not that. <laughs> and no. it is, and the you know what it tries to be is not good. So it's just yeah, just bad on all multiple accounts. And I have to say, her humping the scarecrow to orgasm was so cringy, unnecessary. Well, yeah, but they had to have some kind of like, and that's what I don't understand. Like, okay, she boned the projectionist dude, right? Yeah. It happened off screen. They didn't even show anything. Right. And then they showed like this long thing of like her, like, yeah, boning a scarecrow. Yeah. This like long, drawn out, weird orgasm scene. Like, yes. why couldn't you just have done that with the projectionist guy? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't get it. They they cut I, one and then let the other one go. I watched that. Well. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, it's again. There's just a lot of bad things with this movie. It doesn't make any sense. No. Um. Yeah. Again. And yeah. I don't feel Derek like Clay. I learned. I don't feel like I learned anything important for X. Nope. In the least bit. Nope. The. Lo- <laughs> See, here's some lore that was completely unnecessary. Yeah, again, like I don't, I didn't need to know more about her. Like she no. was a crazy old lady who like wanted to be famous, and like now, you know, in her twilight years, sees another woman who is, you know, hot and attractive. How she thought she was back then, and she's jealous and starts killing people. I don't, there's, I don't need more than that. That's it. That's I don't, it. I don't need a prequel to tell me about that. I already knew it. <laughs> yes. Unnecessary. Yep. All right. Well, then I'll go into my number two then, which is Halloween Ends. Um, obviously, we discussed Halloween Ends in great detail mm-hmm. in our end of the Halloween series. Um, as we discussed, this is this was kind of like Hellraiser five through let's say nine, where it wasn't a Halloween movie. Originally, and then they tacked Michael Myers on at the end. Yeah, again, yeah, again. I'm pretty sure I said this back then, but yeah, essentially, it's like if this movie uh, existed in a point to where the Michael Myers in the movie was like a figment of his imagination. Yes, the thing that drove him forward, it would have been a much, much better yes. movie. Uh, but the About fact the last that they 15, 15, minutes, 15, 20 minutes has been right, great. Yeah, and so it's like the fact that they had to physically put him in the movie. So we're like, none of this stuff that, because you know, before that point, it might have been just in his mind, you know, like no right. one else saw him. No one else, you know, got any of this stuff, you know, as yeah. far as anyone else knows, he just disappeared. I mean, there's so many things that don't make sense about this movie. I mean, we went over all this stuff about how yeah. Laurie Strode is just all of a sudden now totally fine with, you know, not prepping anymore, you know, got rid of all yeah. the weapons, and I mean, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> doesn't yeah. make any sense at all but i think if you kept michael myers as just a figment in his head as like you know a reimagining like this is you know whatever the supernatural force that's driving him forward and not a physical presence it would the have been a much e- better movie. the same evil that was in michael was now in him right yeah and that yes. would have that would have made much more sense but yeah, instead absolutely. they brought him physically back at the end of a movie where Again, it doesn't make sense to put him in there. It's yeah, it's very well, stupid. And the thing is, like, I I felt like they did that because this is also hyped as the final battle between good and evil between Laurie and Michael. 
Right. And it was that's how it was advertised it was going to be. And then it was just shoehorned in. Yep. As afterthought. Yep. Oh shit, we told people we we're gonna do that. I guess we should do that now, huh? Okay. Yeah, let's bring them in. Yeah, you can tell the original script ended <laughs> at that point, <laughs> and then somebody else just like kept going. Yes. Yeah, so like I said, watch go go back and listen to our, our Halloween franchise part because we really go into that pretty extensively. Yeah. Um which happens to be episode 14. <laughs> well, yeah, there, but there's like four Halloween episodes. Yes. That's just the last four. one. Yes. episode. Well, yeah. Halloween ends. We discuss in episode 14 on okay. Boogeyman part four. All right. And for those that listen to our podcast, they're not going to be surprised by our number one. This was the lowest rate. <laughs> We have ever given everything so far, and it's Jeepers Creepers Reborn. I mean, it's. Why don't you go first on this? Yeah, I mean, I've already been over it, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we're going over like the you know the like the convention that has like twenty people at it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking the 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 Jeepers Creepers clothes are made of like black garbage bags um i mean the, the things they bringing back things just to show them and then they never do them again like his truck yep. like they show the truck and then it never happens again even though it was like a major part of the other movies i mean again there's so many the stupid dumb things the acting is terrible i mean the people are terrible um everything is just bad um and then of course the famous line how you I like, like them? them peepers, bitch. bitch, even though the song that that is supposed to be referencing wasn't even in the movie. Right. So you can tell they wrote it thinking they were going to be able to get the rights to that. And then they didn't, but they filmed yeah. the movie assuming that they did. And then they just like ham fisted some other song in there without explaining anything else. Yes. And then they have the final one liner of the movie reference the song that they didn't even play. Yep. Oh man. I think uh, I, I didn't. I don't take. I was taking enough notes in episode seven where we discussed this. I think we brought the scale down to a zero. I think you gave it point five. I think I gave it one. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, once we get our website up and running, we're going to have all these scores and our, our you know our rankings and all that stuff on there for you know reference points. But yeah, I mean, it it was trying to be like. It was said at the time too. We can make a better Jeepers Creepers movie, and I think we could. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, you take like three random people you find at a park and hand them a camcorder right. and twenty bucks, and they could have made a better version of it. Oh, uh, maybe that's what they did. Maybe yeah. they only paid them ten. I Jesus. mean, that might have been the problem. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> it's such such a terrible. I mean, I feel bad for. Well, I mean, the original guy who made Jeepers Creepers is kind of a shit bag anyway. Yeah, I guess I don't feel bad that they stole his IP and made crap out of it, but right, maybe that's why they did. It. Maybe that's maybe. why it's so bad is they the want to make middle him finger suffer. to him. Yeah, maybe they want to yeah. make him suffer. That's fair. All right, so that's that's our ranking for this, and we we both brought two honorable mentions um, that could have been on this list that we probably going to visit. We talked about one of these. We're probably going to visit some of these other movies at some point in time as well. 
my first honorable mention is Terrifier 2. Now, when this came out, I've never seen Terrifier. So I go, okay, there's a huge amount of buzz over Terrifier 2. Um, yeah, I remember I hearing watched, about all the people like passing out and throwing yes. up in the theater. And- yeah, and I watched Terrifier. I go, okay, you know what? The practical effects are on par of what they were in the 80s, and that's okay. They're practical effects, and they're good for that. That's why I enjoyed Terrifier. Terrifier 2, I watched it. The wife wouldn't watch it with me because of the particular scene, and they just made this this supernatural thing, and you know, like I said, it was good. I had no issues with it. Like I said, it seemed an homage to 80s, you know, video nasties, and that was great for it. But I was watching, I go, okay, it got done. I go, so where's this scene everybody's talking about? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm looking up, I'm like, what scene are they talking about? I looked it up, I go, oh, that was fine. <laughs> well, I mean, you I know? think they, they overhyped it. I mean, a lot yeah. of horror movies do that. Like, if, you know, they, they don't know, you know, how people are going to react to it or if they want a big buzz about their movie. They'll like oversell somebody, you know, not feeling yeah. well when they come out of the theater and they're like, oh, look, it makes you sick when you watch it. Yeah. And then it gets but a big said, buzz and everybody's like, ooh. But my my comment, that would be anyone that was surprised by Terrifier 2 clearly didn't watch Terrifier. <laughs> well, you know exactly what you're getting yourself into with Terrifier 2 if you watch the first one. I'm not saying it's bad. I, I think it's pretty good. So I can't wait. They're, they're doing number three. So when we get to that, we'll you'll sit down and probably watch these, and we'll go over these again. Yeah, no, I, I haven't watched them yet. Yeah, I said Terrifier three is supposed to be coming out, so we'll probably save it for then. Um, and my second honorable mention is Nope. Uh, we discussed this, you know, Jordan Peele trilogy that he wrote and directed. We obviously left Candyman off. We did discuss it briefly. Uh, but overall, yeah, this was a great movie as well. Um, you know, I just, I enjoyed other movies more than Nope. That's why I didn't make it in my list. It's probably, I'd say number six or seven. Uh, if we did a top ten, it would be on there. Yeah. You? yeah, if we did a top ten, it would probably be up there. <laughs> yeah. So, those are my two honorable mentions. What about yours? Uh, mine would be uh, No Exit, uh, just because it has that uh, that storyline that I love, where it's like a bunch of strangers get stuck together mm-hmm. um, and have to you know try to figure out you know why they're together, what's going on, blah blah blah. Um, it, was, it was just fun, you know. Um, basically, yeah, that's like uh, um, yeah, like a bunch of people get stuck in like a rest stop. Um, they find a girl in a van out in the parking lot, uh, and they try to figure out who in this group of people is the person that has a kidnapped girl in their van. Okay. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, once you figure out what's going on, bad things happen, blah, blah. Um, okay. But it's, it's, it's just a fun movie. Again, I, I really like that, that concept of like, you know, people right. that don't know each other and they, you know, yes, just fun. I like we, that. so this is probably make that list when we do that episode then. Probably. Yeah, it definitely okay. can be. Okay, we'll we'll have to keep that in mind that we are going to be doing an episode with that scenario. We're probably call it what it was called in the Twilight Zone, right? For the name of it. Yeah, I think it's a like six, six people yeah. in search of an exit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
Okay. I said, I haven't watched that one. I don't think I've ever heard of it, but you know, you say it's good and it's your, your, your go-to storyline that you really enjoy. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to watch it when we get to it. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty good. Again, it's not amazing, (laughs) but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. That would would definitely be in my top 10 for the year. Okay. Uh, And my second one is going to be crimes of the future. Uh, just because I am a huge Cronenberg fan. It is a <laughs> fantastic movie. The only reason why it's not in uh, my top five is because I really don't feel like it's horror movie. I feel like it's more of uh, like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's I mean, there's horror elements, but it's all body horror elements. It's not really like scary horror elements. Um, right. So if body horror bothers you, then then yes, this will bother you. Um, but if, if if you're looking for like a traditional horror experience, it's not really it. Um, so like I said, I try to keep um, you know my list to more pure, not necessarily pure pure, because I mean I got right. prey on my list and stuff. But um, but <laughs> yeah. prey has more horror elements than than this does. But again, it's okay. a fantastic movie. I really enjoyed it. I just don't think it's horrory enough to be in the top five horror. Yeah, I know when we go go back to you know, revisit David Cronenberg that we will probably, you know, do his psychological thriller stuff in a separate category, separate episode. Like we did his more horror based things, at least the first half mm. of his catalog. Um, did you watch the original one he did? That was his, what is that? His uh, school film, his no. dissertation. Yeah that, yeah. that was like a, a short film that came out with, it's like uh John Carpenter had that. What was that sci-fi movie? It was like Dark Host or something. It was like a, something about yeah. a spaceship. That's like his, yeah, the movie that he made in school that they did release as a movie, but it wasn't a good movie. Right. Um, yeah, it was so great like, for a student film, but it's not good as a movie, <laughs> considering like his movies after that. That's fair. That really is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm excited to watch this. I know the wife will not watch it with me because she does not like body horror. Yeah, like I said, it's it's weird. I mean, it's got a lot of those you know kind of strange Cronenberg aspects of things, yeah. um, you know. But it's 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 interesting. I mean, Viggo Mortensen's in it. Uh, Kristen Stewart's in it. Um, the French lady, I can never remember her name. She played uh, Fragile in Death Stranding. Um, is that the uh, Chloe Day something? Yeah, probably. She's got a very French name. It's it ends in like the E A U X that that yeah. French. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. Okay, yeah. I think she's an American Horror Story Hotel. Uh, that's very possible. I've never watched it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. So, and then the, we come to a kind of a final discussion point, which we'll be brief about. Is you know people are saying it. I. You know, one of your thought is twenty twenty two one of the best years for horror movies. Um, and I'll say yeah. I mean, just because you know when I was looking through all those lists, writing down like only writing down the ones that I liked that were in contention for the top five. Um, and I had a list that was like twelve, fifteen long. Um, and again, I had the, uh, the separate problem when I was looking for the worst is I was like. <laughs> wow, like there's not a lot of movies I would consider bad. And like there was some movies that were ending up on my, this is what we're only doing a bottom three. There's some movies that ended up on my bottom three that I liked. They were just the ones that I liked the least. Right. Uh, but I was like, no, th- this movie is is good enough where it shouldn't be on a bad list at all. It's just by default it is because all the movies were better <laughs> than this yeah. one that year. So yeah. I mean, this really, and, and a lot of people are saying, it's just like, this is probably the best year for horror movies in 30 plus years 
since the 80s. And I can't remember a year of horror movies that had this many bangers in it. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, again, and, and a lot of these, you know, I mean, I watch horror movies, obviously, but I usually watch the ones that get buzz that sound interesting. Yeah. Um, and there were so many this year that I watched a lot, you know, even, you know, outside of, of, of doing the podcast, like I was, you know, making time to watch some of these newer movies because they really sounded interesting and fun. Like, you know, like Barbarian. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I mean, stuff that you know, got buzzed and sounded interesting. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I have to watch it, <laughs> you know, but it happened so many times this year. Like it happened all year long. Right, and we had so many new entries in franchises. Mm-hmm. So many. I mean, we had Scream 5. We had you know, another Halloween. We had um, another VHS. Obviously, we had Jeepers Creepers Reborn, but you know, Terrifier, we had the Jordan Peele movie. There were just so many things in here that we couldn't keep up. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a, a year where a Jordan Peele movie, which is a good movie, doesn't even make the top five because there's that yes. many good movies out. And that, I think that's saying something. Right. It really is. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, they're, they're hoping to have a back-to-back re- surge of horror movies. Like, we haven't had this, you know, we got some great ones in, like, 2015 with, like, It Follows and, you know, some in 2017, 2018, but not this many. I wonder if it's like a side effect of the pandemic. Probably. You know, like, well, because I mean, you think about it, like what, what's the kind of movie that people can easily make, <laughs> you know what the I mean? Pandemic? Moving yeah. forward. Yeah. That episode would be that, you know, because it's usually the, like a limited cast and a limited. Oh, oh the bubble. Crew. Yeah. Small. Right. Yeah. As you say, like big, huge blockbuster movies. Like, yeah, those are hard because there's a lot of people involved, but you're saying like yes. a movie like, x you know i mean that's you know it's a, it's a relatively small cast on a farm there's no other scenes that happen outside of the farm yeah um yeah it's i mean yeah, obviously there's there's a decent amount of crew and stuff but if they're all in a bubble on that farm filming yeah. that movie yeah i mean i guess it makes sense to horror movies i guess are are easier to make with smaller crews and smaller budgets right because you generally follow like eight people right, right. <laughs> eight to ten maybe right. But yeah, I mean, it was it was fantastic year. Um, like I said, I'm hopeful for 2023. You know, we are compiling our lists. We can start planning these this year out based on the movies that we know about so far. And I'm excited for some of these. And you know, I'm excited for 2023 because we're getting Scream Six. So you're going to be watching the Scream movies that you might have even seen four and five yet. Yeah, I haven't. I've seen the first three. I have not seen any of the newer ones. Yeah, and you know, we already have what. We already have a VHS announced for 2023 as well. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I think they're going to do them like once a year now. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be like the new Saw, and that's exciting. And we're having a new Saw movie, Saw X. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Jeez, I haven't. I don't know. I stopped watching them at some point. I don't remember one. I think <laughs> I watched the first five. Yeah, the only one I haven't seen was Spiral. I've seen the rest. I mean, there's a few I haven't watched. It might be four. It's four or five that I've seen up to. Yeah. So I mean, we're going to we're going to be watching a good number of movies this year in preparation for these things and then filling our gaps with the rest because we're talking, you know, they're talking about, uh, yeah, especially with Saw, that's going to be split up into multiple phases, uh, and everything like that. So we have a good work ahead of us for 2023. 
So, um, this was our first year review. You know, we are planning on doing this every year in the first episode of January, just to go back through the previous year and make our list. You know, we start making our list. You know, as soon as we start with next week, or for I don't know if there's anything news coming out next week, but this month in January, we have like one or two movies that are fresh that we'll be covering. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? Uh, nope. Okay. Well, in that case, let's close out 2022 and look forward to 2023 as we're only in day two. Uh, so let's stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll be diving into the movies of Dario Argento. Uh, and yeah, this is going to be our third director spotlight episode. You know, we did John Carpenter and we did David Cronenberg. Oh, this is fourth. Jordan Peele. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Fourth yeah. one. That's right. All right. So um, we'll just be going through some of his works. We'll probably touch base later on his, his works because he has a lot of movies we can dive into. Uh, so we'll call him this part one of Dario Argento. And it includes Suspiria, Tenebra, and then Demons 1 and 2. So why don't you lead us out there? Uh, this is Salem saying, Long live the new flesh. And this is Graveyard saying, Have you checked on the children? <laughs>